now, 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 the Neil Rogers Show on 560 WQAM. Summer 1990 is the summer of Dick Tracy. You'll see the movie, listen to the soundtrack, wear the t-shirt, and read the comic book. And now, just in time for Father's Day, you can enjoy the fragrance that was inspired by the movie, the soundtrack, the t-shirt, and the comic book. New Dick Tracy Cologne. Why smell like other guys? Now you can smell like Dick. Never washed his hair or seemed to have a care, Cobain. His name was Kurt, now he's pushing up dirt, Cobain. Wiping drool from his chin, doing heroin, Cobain. Nirvana was hot, and now it's Kurt they ain't got, Cobain. He got high, said goodbye, then he died, Cobain. Made a million an hour, never took a shower, Cobain. He's a number one hit in heaven's big mosh pit, Cobain. He'll meet Elvis the king and say grunge was my thing, Cobain. So if you're filled with doubt, don't take Kurt's way out, Cobain. He got high, said goodbye, then he died, Cobain. Yeah, this punk yesterday, Luke, John, uh, Matthew, Mark, and uh, whatever, Paul, uh, Walker, Lind, H- Helder, he was wearing a, a Kurt Cobain t-shirt when he arrested him. And he said, yeah, yeah just like that. See, I don't want to try to oversimplify anything, but the problem in the world is that there are just too many assholes who don't know right from wrong. Just basic, simple things, you know, like right from wrong. We're not talking about religion, about the Ten Commandments, because that doesn't seem to be working too well. Just basic common sense things, you know, like you don't kill people, for starters. You don't put uh, pipe bombs in people's mailboxes. And the best part of the deal is this kid is such a simpleton, in spite of the fact everybody said, oh, he was so sweet and such a wonderful young man. He told he told one of the arresting uh, cops that he wanted to, he was trying to, put the bombs in a pattern, a pattern of homes and states that when he finished would resemble a happy face. Cute. Yeah, a happy face. <laughs> yeah. And they said when he arre- they arrested him, he seemed amused and carefree. And if you see the pictures they keep showing on TV every five seconds over and over again as they're <coughs> putting him in a car, he like, as soon as he sees the cameras there, <laughs> big joke, 21-year-old simpleton who doesn't know the difference between right and wrong. Seemed to have an epidemic of that. Last night on uh, after the hockey game. Nice going there, by the way, Maple Leaf. What did I tell you, Pat? You uh, predicted it yesterday. No, I did not predict that. See, you're wrong. I said whoever wins the game tonight will win the series. See, you better keep up on these things. Start taking notes. You're going to too many of those baseball games. Rotting your mind with that crap, with that dreck that nobody cares about. But anyway, 6,900 people there last night, and Pat says there must have really been at least 5,500. Oh! And that's pretty damn good on a weeknight. <laughs> oh! 
I can just imagine going to a Panther game and seeing 5,500 people in that uh, arena. You, you just pee in your pants. It just, it's inconceivable. And nobody there cares about hockey. So if they're drawn like, uh, you know, their usual 11 or 12 or 13,000, you can just imagine how many people really care about that baseball team. But it sure takes up a lot of airtime on this station, I'll tell you that. But anyway, on all the shows, I should point out, except this one, because nobody cares. So last night on the biography uh, on A&E, they showed that Pam Smart bitch and those three kids that uh, killed her husband. Yep. And again, I keep thinking to myself, you know, they show that one, that real ugly one that she was banging, whatever the hell his name was, the one that was 15 when she was banging. At least pick somebody that looks good, okay, Pam, but she didn't. Of course, she didn't look all that good anyway. But uh, she looked like a female Maddie Bell when you come right down to it. And I'm, I'm looking at these kids, and I'm thinking to myself, again, don't you know the basic difference between right and wrong? No. You don't kill somebody. I mean, if it's in self-defense, if they send you off to war to kill the enemy, the evildoers, that's one thing. But you just don't kill people. Well, the Ten Commandments, the good book said, well, like I said, that ain't been working too good because all those religious assholes, they've been killing each other since the beginning of recorded time. And, of course, CNN breathlessly last night gave us the word that, oh, that confrontation, the standoff in Bethlehem was over. And they're going to be coming out any second. And then they were hugging and kissing and, oh, yeah, it's all over now. Guess what? Nah. Another little hang-up. See, when you get the Israelis and the Palestinians together, there isn't anything they can't screw up. They could even screw up a Passover Seder, even one that uh, Jesus was at. So they just couldn't get it right. In fact, you heard, like I told you before the show, there was one voice came from inside that church, and the guy said, just when we thought we were out, and you know the rest of that. No, how does it go? It goes like, <laughs> yeah, holy crap, we're not getting out. Well, it's still in limbo. They're still working on that. So, you know, the, it's amazing. Talk about psychic abilities again. The story that you just faxed me that somebody sent from CNN about the uh, heresy uh, Irish priest. Yes, I. I had, that was my first thing I had sitting right here. How do you like that? Ah. Shocking. An Irish priest who has repeatedly stated he doesn't believe Jesus Christ was the Son of God has resigned. Anybody out there believe Jesus Christ was the Son of God? No. Anybody believe those fairy tales? Sure was a snappy dresser, though. The resignation of Reverend Andrew Furlong, 54. Boy, this is pretty good right after the uh, Kentucky Derby, but this is only one Furlong. Who was facing a church trial for heresy was accepted by Church of Ireland Bishop Richard Clark Church official said yesterday. Boy, the church seems to be having a lot of problems, you know what? A lot of them, which we've only got about 6,000 of those stories today. Furlong's been unrepentant in the face of a furor sparked by his controversial views and has restated them repeatedly in emails sent to journalists and in articles published on the Internet, Reuters news agency BSAN. He repeated them again in an article for New Irish Pages Journal to be published today, the Irish Times newspaper said. Furlong startled worshippers when his unconventional views on traditional Christian teachings were aired in articles published on his website. I don't believe the traditional understanding of Christmas, that God took human form and was born as a babe in Bethlehem, he told Reuters in an interview last December. So what are they getting all bent about about that church anyway, the church in the nativity? There was no uh, Savior born in that church. In fact, there probably was nobody born in that church. But they sure have a lot of interesting getchkeys with some snappy outfits in that place. Furlong, 54, who was ordained in the Anglican Church of Ireland in the early 70s, has said he has held his unorthodox beliefs for more than 30 years but hadn't shared them previously with his parishioners. Church officials have... Decline to comment further. Gee, that line just keeps popping up in every story we get, you know? Everybody's mum. Well, let's see. We had a poll. I told you yesterday this was not going to go over that big. They didn't like yesterday's poll. And you want to know why? What did I tell you? A lot of it was too dated. Yeah. Too old. Hey, all you old farts who want to talk about uh, Captain Marvel, we don't know from that. And you're right. You're right. But you know something? What's wrong with once in a great while us old farts having a little fun? Nothing. Which was your all-time favorite cartoon or comic book action figure, we asked. Over 900 votes on the survey, and the survey said, Superman! Oh! 240. I played that enough yesterday. I'm not going to schlep that back out again. 240. Winning hands down. And the good news is that the top three came out just the way we anticipated. Batman, who was like, uh, fell to third for a little while there, but he climbed, he slid right back up that bat pole, got back up in a second with 152. 
Spider-Man 137, The Hulk 49, Wonder Woman only 39. I was kind of weak. Poor Linda Carter. Nobody cares about her anymore. Silver Surfer, which I have no idea what that is, 31. Yeah. Do you know what it is? What yeah, is it? there was a, a late fax, so I wrote him on the uh, sheet before I faxed it to Eric. He's a galactic. He surfs around on a surfboard, and he's silver. Uh, it was big. Uh, Dick Tracy, 27. Captain America, 22. Space Ghost had 21. Green Lantern, another one I never heard of, was tied with Flash Gordon with 18, and the Tick had 18. The Flash had 17. Captain Marvel and the Green Hairnet each had 16. Iron Man had 15. Plastic Man, which I voted for, had only 14. That's... That's not acceptable. That's a very low number for Plastic Man. The Phantom had 11, Aquaman 10, Daredevil 9, Supergirl 8, Ghost Rider 5, Prince Valiant 5. Superboy wound up with two with a pair. Ooh. Superboy had a big pair, and Green Arrow had only one. So that's the way it came out, 900-plus votes, which isn't all that bad, but you could tell they just didn't have their heart in it yesterday. You know, It was just uh, not up their alley. There was nothing for them to monkey around with either. Here's our poll today, Eric, and it's similar to ones we've taken before, but uh, I think in honor of uh, Luke Helder, uh, John, Paul, Matthew, and uh, whatever the other ones are, isn't that interesting that he's got like such a religious name, too, you know? He's got all the apostles in there, as many as they could jam in. Too bad he wasn't Hispanic. He could add a few more of them in there. He could add one of those, you know, eight-part names. Right, three last names and uh, a couple of days and does in there. So here's our poll today, Eric. Who would you most like to pull the switch on? Now, see, last time we took a poll similar to this, although it was uh, different, but, uh, you know, along the same lines, people pissed off at other scumbags. Uh, we took O.J. out of there. I don't, I don't want to take away their fun. You want to know why? One of the greatest outlets that the people of South Florida have and the people of America have is like, uh, you know, doing their thing with O.J. Let's get him. Let's pull the switch. I'd pull the switch on him, no problem at all. So he's on there, but also we got a very good list, I think, today. Andrea Yates, Robert Blake, and George says, absolutely not. George is still working on that statue. Susan Smith. See, the problem with this is they're not going to remember some of these people. Susan Smith, who drowned her uh, two kids in a car because they were in the way of her uh, affair. Trailer trash Susan Smith in South Carolina. The fact that she's still alive really frosts my ass. And Pamela Smart, who I wouldn't have put on her except I saw that thing on Biography last night. Pamela Smart, who had the affair with a 15-year-old kid. She was the school teacher. He was a student. And then she enticed the uh, three kids to kill her husband. Convincing the uh, so she can get the insurance money number one, and convincing the one kid that that was the way they could continue their affair and live happily ever after if they got her husband out of the way. And so they shot him. They shot his ass. Interestingly enough, in watching the in watching that uh, trial, the segments they had on biography last night, the kid who did the uh, shooting, the boyfriend, yes, he started out with he had a big, a huge kitchen knife, and the uh, prosecutor asked him, well. How come you didn't uh, go through with it? And, of course, he's crying and doing the thing with a Kleenex and having a nervous breakdown. Well, I just couldn't get myself to do it. But, of course, a gun, I mean, it's so much cleaner and neater and so much easier, you know? Sure. No must, no fuss. So thank God that John Ashcroft and this administration is gun-loving, gun-squeezing, gun-toning. We'll get to that story a little later on. Have uh, even more reinforced that Second Amendment bullcrap about the right to uh, uh, bear arms. And people are up in arms about that, anybody with a brain. Except, of course, for Glenn and Miramar. Go buy some more, Glenn. Come on, get some more. Of course, Luke Skywalker, he had a few guns on him and six more bombs, too. Anyway, Pamela Smart, Luke Helder, the mailbox bomber. We better put that in parentheses or nobody will know who that is. And John Walker Lind. Don't you think that's a pretty good list? Sure. Am I leaving anybody out who's obvious? I'm thinking. I mean, Paul Lind, he was obvious, too, but he's dead. Who would you like to most pull the switch on? O.J., Andrea Yates, Robert Blake, Susan Smith, Pamela Smart, Luke Helder, the mailbox bomber. We better put that in parentheses. Or John Walker Lind, that scumbag from Afghanistan. So was, of course, so abused by our government and treated so poorly. I say, you know, give him a nice shave and a bath and then blow his brains out. 9.13 at 5.60 WQM. Summertime has uh, already arrived early in South Florida. Man, it's hot. It's going to be 90 again today. You can't find a spot where you're not just schwitzing out there.
If you want to stay healthy in the heat, Oleomed is a product that will make you feel your best and keep you in good health even in sultry South Florida. Oleomed is a soft gel capsule that contains pharmaceutical-grade olive oil along with vitamins, minerals, and rubles to promote healthier prostate, your heart, your blood pressure, and your cholesterol. In fact, before the show today, George was saying to me he can't imagine anybody in their right mind who wouldn't want to buy some of this good stuff. Oleomed's got supplements to promote health in your circulatory system, your digestive, your endocrine system, your skin and bones, even your mind, all using the benefits of the best, the purest, the bestest olive oil that money can buy. And Oleomed's got products for men and also for you ladies out there as well. Oleomed's available all over town. It's getting more popular by the minute. Pick some up today at Walgreens, at Whole Food Markets, Navarro Pharmacy, and Sedano's as well. Or if you'd like to get more information about Oleomed's products, all you got to do is call them. Even the call is free, toll-free, 1-866-OLEOMED. That's 1-866-O-L-E-O-M-E-D. Order their products on their website if you prefer at Oleomed America. Information. The Joe and Mark Show. Overnights on Sports Radio 560. QAM. I killed Nicole. We now go live to the Vatican. Welcome to the Cardinal's Vatican meeting. Please step inside and shut the door so we can begin. All right, let's bring out the boys! Party. Yeah, whatever happened to him, by the way? Good old Don Cox. Is he kind of like uh, vanished into the woodwork somewhere? I don't know. How do you like that? Inquiring minds want to know. We'll find out. I do know this, So though. yesterday, speaking of finding, what were you uh, babbling about? We have Humble? some suggestions on the fax machine for the list. Okay. Gagan. Now, how about Michael Skakel? Should we have him on there? Why not? I don't think so. I don't think he'll don't do He's... so well. That's so old. Nah. Yeah. But Gagan and Shanley. Oh, okay. Yeah. Father Shanley. That's very good. Well, I must be a little slow today, you know. And Father Gagan, G-E-O-G-E-O-G-H-A-N. I should know how to, how to spell it by now, because I sure read enough articles about him. Yeah, I, in fact, you know, I may have to vote for Father uh, Shanley. I'd love to pull the switch on the father. And maybe uh, Cardinal Law could sit in his lap, too, while uh, he was doing it, while I was getting it. They'd probably have a good time. We could stack them pretty high. So anyway, yesterday I mentioned that Vanilla Coke was being debuted at some uh, bum fork place in Connecticut yesterday, but won't be available to the end of the month or something like that. And the other product, you were talking about Pepsi, and we were confused about what it was. Coming out this summer is Pepsi Blue. Yes. And let me just tell you right now, our good friends at Champion Light, uh, they got the uh, they got the uh, one leg up on them. They got the jump on them. Because their blue raspberry is, I'm assuming, very much what Pepsi Blue is going to be. Without the fizz, though, Champion Light doesn't have all the carbonation so that you're drepsing like, and farting all day. But Pepsi Blue, I don't know, I do, and I'm sure that they'll have diet Pepsi Blue, too, don't you think? I would think. Although I'm a little bit confused about one thing. Why don't we have, like, uh, the, the Diet Cherry Coke? Do we? We must. Maybe it's hard I to find. So. I don't think so. I think 7-Up makes, like, Diet uh, Cherry 7-Up. I never saw, like, no Diet Cherry uh, Coke. I just mentioned that in passing. Plus, if I get my shipment of Champion Light, I don't care anyway. But, you know, it lasts a few days and it's all gone. Hey, look for the QM van today from 11 to 1230 at Verizon Wireless, located at 13256 Biscayne Boulevard. Uh, stop by to find out about Verizon's great phone plans. <laughs> oh, there it is again. And win some of our usual QM crappy prizes because we have no budget because uh, we got real problems. That's from 11 to 1230 at Verizon Wireless, 13256 Biscayne Boulevard. And I'm sure the lovely Miguel will be there with that deal, right? That's correct. That is correct. So you can go out there and see just how good he looks and maybe he'll let you give it a little squeeze. Okay, oh, speaking of horrendous things, Miami Grand Jury indicts five Orlando men in kidnap, rape, murder of uh, Ana Angel. A grand jury. Now, am I supposed to say Angel or Angel? Because I know Hispanic pronunciation would be Angel, and I don't want to get, you know. Might as well say Angel. Oh. Well, how would you say it? Angel. 
A grand jury sitting in Dade County yesterday returned kidnap, rape, and murder indictments against four Orlando men and a teen boy in the death of Anna Maria Angel. The indictment charges each one with one count of first-degree murder, one count of attempted first-degree murder, and one count of sexual battery slash armed gang rape, and two counts each of robbery with a firearm and kidnapping with a weapon. I think we'd all like to get together and pull the switch on them uh-huh. together. The four men, Victor Manuel Carabayo, 34, his brother Hector Manuel Carabayo, 30, Cesar Antonio Mena, 22, and Joel G. Lebron, 23, continue to be held without bond, thank goodness, in the Dade County Jail. A judge has said May 20th uh, arraignments for Mena, Lebron, and Hector Carabayo. Victor Carabayo will be arraigned on May 21th. Just uh, have a fast trial, that's all I say. Fast trial, get it over with, and then you know what we do with the rest. I think it's time to bring back old Sparky. What do you say? I'm not... You know, I don't want to sound like one of those real heavy-duty, uh, gung-ho capital punishment people, because that makes you sound like some right-wing lunatic. But it, what it does boil down to is that we're pissed off. You know, pissed off gets me fired up when I hear that. And I think that this lethal injection is a little bit too... It's too sanitary, you know? It's too medicinal, too antiseptic. You like to see them shimmer and shake? Yeah! We like to know that old Sparky's going off. You've seen those... Uh, what was yeah. the movie? They've made a million movie? of them. No, no. Oh, you know the one I'm talking about. The, the uh, black guy that they uh, fried? The Green Mile. Is that no, the one? No, it was not the Green Mile. With, with, I didn't uh, figure Robert... that he would have seen that. No, with Kevin Costner, Cost, uh, whatever his name is, Costner. Uh, Costner. See, I can't even think of his name. I can't stand Kevin Costner. No, he was in it, and some big uh, black guy they fried in the South. At any rate, you didn't. You know the movie I'm talking about? No. Well, somebody will. Somebody will fax in. Don't call in because uh, Pat is absolutely not going to talk to you. He's got no interest. In fact, Pat begged me to play the uh, old Bob Cole with that leaf uh, second goal from last night because he was busy watching some stupid baseball game. It's a pass to the corner. Had his man covered. Pauly is over there. Arvidsson on him. Ronald Patson behind the net. Runner. It's a front. Trying to jam it in. They score. Ronald's trying to jam it in on the corner. It's a second goal of the game. And it's a 2-1 lead for Toronto. Always love that Alan McCauley. Not. Well, hey, listen, it goes to show you when you're playing on the first line instead of on the fourth line, your abilities actually come out. You know what I'm talking about? Probably not. Sorry. Now let's get down to the meat of the matter as long as we're taking this poll on this. Uh, and, and I know it sounds very simplistic, but let me say it again. Just I want you to soak this in, okay? Very simple. Nothing complicated. Nothing. You're not doing a good job of teaching your kids right from wrong. You can go back to every one of these horrible, horrible, grotesque stories. You can look at the uh, those uh, suicide, homicide bombers there in the Middle East. You can look at what's happening all over the world. And somewhere along the line, we're not doing a real good job, not a very effective job, of teaching people the basic differences between right and wrong. We're not talking about absolute rights and absolute wrongs, but just plain common sense. Common sense. We don't have any common sense. And this kid with these uh, pipe bombs who had people crapping in their pants all over the country, especially mail uh, carriers, and people who were living in rural areas in the Midwest waiting to see if they're going to get their hands or heads blown off when they open up the mailbox. He thought he was on a lark. He thought he was having a, uh, a great old time. It was a hoot. Yeah, a real hoot and a holler. And when he talked to his parents on the phone yesterday morning for 10 minutes, come to find out, he said, he asked them, oh, you think I'm going to spend jail time for this? Oh, no, it only sounds like 18 counts of attempted murder to me, uh, Luke Skywalker. You think I'm going to spend any jail time for this? Smart-ass punks. That's what we're dealing with in America, boys and girls. Smart-ass punks who don't know the difference between right and wrong. Like the ones who get on the... Oh, and by the way, how about that stock market, huh? Oh! You don't think it's going to happen again today, do you? No. Do I dare, do I dare turn that on for even just one second? Oh, they're in a spot right now. Just to see those futures. Then I'll turn it off real quick, I promise. You see how it wound up? That oh, went up I know. five. Huge. That went up 305 points, and the NASDAQ 122. Oh! Oh! If we can just repeat that every day for the next six years, I might uh, get my money back. It was a, and a lot of other poor, a lot of other poor bastards out there too. I can't, you know, something I can't even imagine. 
for the life of me, I cannot imagine what, the people it? who had their, their life savings in like Enron uh-huh. and in some of those other high flyer stocks that turned out to be like worthless. Right. The ones that were like 150 and 200 bucks a share during that bubble, uh, just getting blown up. And then they just, uh, they did blow up. They just, yeah, the bottom fell out. And now those people have got nothing. You work all your life and those people are now going to say, well, I got to work another 20 years. I'm only 75. I'll work another 20 years because all my retirement money is gone. Makes me want to cry. I know, I know. It doesn't make me want to cry. It makes me very, very angry. It makes me wonder how the hell people can be so passive about getting ripped off like that. It makes you understand why they keep sending all their goddamn money. To... It makes you understand why people keep going back to church every Sunday. See, I'm going to tell you, you know, this business about, well, you know, if you do drugs, you're supporting terrorism. I'm going to tell you something right now that's beyond a shadow of a doubt. If you go to church on Sunday, Catholic church is what I'm talking about, and you put money in a collection plate, you're, uh, you're contributing to this ongoing problem. You're supporting a corrupt institution. You're lending your, your tangible support to a corrupt, grotesque, child-molesting institution. That's what you're doing. And the best part of the whole deal is that in spite of the fact that donations are down, there still are a, a, ton, of, a ton of people, a schmettload of people, giving a schmettload of money. I don't understand that. It goes to show you how brainwashed, how deeply inculcated they are with this horse crap. That's a good word. I love inculcated. That's one of my favorite. What does it mean? I don't know. Sounds, Sounds good, good, though. I love it. I'd like to see if I could spell it. Yeah, I could. Pretty good speller. I don't know what any of the words mean, but I spell them real good. 926 at 560. I like the tone of the show today, you know, and I just like the tone of this show. I don't know why. I just have that feeling. Maybe because I didn't eat any goddamn Nestle's turtle or any crap yesterday. I'm, I'm off all that crap. Okay. Good. It's wonderful talking about it. It's a lot of fun. I can't do that. I can't. I just can't keep doing that. Don't die. Because I saw Mary Tyler Moore on uh, King last night for about three seconds while I was channel surfing. And, you know, she's a diabetic, but I think she's type 1. But she was talking about diabetes and how horrendous it is and about how the blood vessels in your eyes start leaking blood, you know, when you... Uh, Ew. She, uh, when they found out she was diabetic when she was pregnant, they put her in a hospital. Her blood sugar was 750. I don't even know what that means. 750 when normal is like between 75 and 130? 750? That's like sugar it's water. It's like... Uh, God. Yeah, it's like having sugar in your veins. It's like eating that Nestle's turtle ice cream. Hey, listen, if your hair has gone down the drain... Here's the answer for you. And boy, there's so many different things you can do. Everybody and their brothers sell all kinds of pills, and they're selling all kinds of mousy-looking hair pieces. If you don't want people laughing at you, if you want to look like a real mensch, if you don't want to have that Sam Donaldson, Bob Eisenberg look, here's the answer. Charles Alfieri. For over 25 years, Charlie has appeared as a guest on Good Morning America and the Today Show. He's been helping guys look their best. And I'm not just talking about schleppers. Even the multimillionaires go to Charles Alfieri because no matter how much money they got, they can't get a better-looking head of hair than his natural hairline system. And the same applies to you. No matter how hopeless it may appear to be, no matter how big that bald spot is, Charlie can make you look better and younger than you have in years. And when you mention Neil Rogers, when you call him, he'll knock $200 off the regular price. It's affordable. It looks spectacular. What's not to like? And there's no obligation. You have nothing to lose but the bald spot. So pick up your instrument today and call Charles Alfieri toll-free and get your hair back. 1-800-321-2413. That's 1-800-321-2413. Or log on to their website at... The Marlins and Padres tonight at the Pro. Coverage starts at 6.30 on Sports Radio 560 QAM. Father, could you help an old older boy? I'm a Catholic. Hi, sweetie. Give me a hug. Do you suffer from occasional stress? Now there's relief with Relaxerin. Just one Relaxerin a day and your world is at ease. Relaxerin. Gentle. Natural. 
Use only as directed. Warning. Daily use of relaxerin may cause bleeding ulcers, lesions, osteoporosis and leprosy, cataracts, blindness, gastrointestinal bleeding, explosive vomiting, severe diarrhea and headaches, loss of hair, burning skin, hepatitis, loud ringing in ears leading to deafness, bone disintegration, pussy boils and warts, face disfiguration, blindness, insomnia, sudden loss of limbs, psychosis, paranoia, voices in head, sensation of bugs crawling on skin, loss of appetite, loss of breath, choking and possible death. So, for occasional daily stress to get you feeling back to yourself again, you can feel confident with Relaxerin. 9.32, it sounds uh, like pretty good stuff. At 560 WQAM. And see, every time we have another one of these uh, unacceptable, grotesque stories, like this Luke uh, Skywalker hel- Helder, uh, there are always those people, like I'm sure my mother would say, I can just hear her right now, oh, look at him, he's just a kid, he's just, he's confused. You've heard that crap. Oh, sure. And in Newsday, the uh, story that I got here from Newsday, pipe bomb suspect described as a mellow kid next door. Isn't that great? That's what they said about Ted Bundy, too, wasn't it? Right. And Tim McVeigh. Right. And John Wayne Gacy, who played the clown all the time for the kids, he was just clowning around. He just had a good shovel. On the day the FBI said college student Luke J. Hell, and by the way, there's no D in the father Shanley. I don't want Eric to get all bent out of shape, but it's not Shanley. That was like Gary Shandling you're thinking about. It's S-H-A-N-L-E-Y. Get the D out of there, will you? We know what the D stands for in Father Shanley, and his first name is not Dick. On the day the FBI said college student Luke J. Helder had confessed to planting 18 pipe bombs in mailboxes in five Midwestern states, his song was played on the radio for the first time. Along with tunes by Bob Seger and Brian Adams, a Twin Cities classic rock station played Conformity, recorded three years ago by Helder's now-dissolved rock band Apathy, if only as a way for the FM shock jocks to mercilessly make fun of the accused mailbox bomber. He had a grunge band, see, and was a big Kurt Cobain uh, fan. What does that tell you? And also smoked the, wicka, the wacky weed. See this pattern there? Uh-oh. <laughs> I'll be right back. Yeah. Helder's homemade bombs injured four mail carriers and two residents. Let me say it again. 18 attempts to kill. 18 counts of attempted murder, if you ask my advice, which they won't. Helder's homemade bombs injured four mail carriers and two residents in Iowa and Illinois. In notes accompanying his bombs, he wrote, a conform- of Conformity is a scourge to society. In order to avoid death, you are forced to conform. If you fail to conform, you suffer mentally and physically. Conforming to the boundaries and restrictions imposed by the government only reduces the substance in your life. There we go again. More substance. You can smell it all the way up here. But there is little in Helder's life to suggest he had any predilection to be a terrorist. Teachers, friends, acquaintances, and neighbors uniformly describe Helder 21 in unremarkable terms. If he was misunderstood, if he brooded, if he harbored vengeful thoughts, nobody seemed to notice. Mostly, they remembered a mild-mannered, kind of like Clark Kent, a mild-mannered, personable young man with few strong convictions beyond his obsession with dead rock star Kurt Cobain, lead singer of the group Nirvana. Helder, a college junior, has been studying industrial design at the University of Wisconsin's Stout in Menominee, Wisconsin, about 60 miles northeast of his hometown. Nancy Bloom Cumming, who taught one of Helder's art classes, remembered that Helder was always delicate in his critiques of other classmates' work. He was delicate. Oh, gee, I hope not. The class first met the morning of September the 11th, and Helder's reaction to that event was the same as all her students. Shock. A classmate who shared a locker with Helder said he worked hard on his project and seemed proficient at soldering and welding. Evidently, he was friendly, mellow, polite, never in a hurry or anything, said the classmate, Jeremy Johnson. He smoked a lot of marijuana and liked to party, so I didn't hang out with him very much. He kept to himself about his girlfriend, but he was outspoken about Nirvana. He was really into them. Helder was wearing a Nirvana T-shirt yesterday as he was led to federal court in handcuffs. In an affidavit, the FBI said Helder had made 24 bombs, most of them in a room at a motel in Nebraska. Six bombs were found with him when he was arrested Tuesday along Interstate 80 in Nevada. Helder was held without bond for transfer to Iowa, one of the three states where he faces charges. 
I'm going to tell you, if they don't put this kid away for at least 20 years, I'm going to want to know why. I'll tell you that right now. Oh, but he's so confused. He's just a kid. Yeah. You know all the bleeding hearts, especially the women, are going to be coming up with that crap. Yep. Helder's father, Cameron Helder, contacted the FBI on Monday after receiving a letter from his son with an Omaha postmark in which he referred to the bombings. He sent a similar letter to the college newspaper at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Cameron Helder also told the FBI his son's roommate had found bomb-making materials beneath Luke Helder's bed. That information in the letters led to the FBI to pursue Helder. They located him on a highway in Nevada after he made a cell phone call from the car. Before authorities realized Helder might be the bomber, they were looking for he was stopped three times for traffic offenses, including speeding and not wearing a seatbelt. When he finally surrendered, he did not put up a fight, dropping a gun out the car window, and he was kind of like, <laughs> yucking it up. And when he saw those cameras on him, boy, he was having a great time. Pine Island has grown into a bedroom community of almost 3,000 people for the larger cities of Rochester to the south of Minneapolis and St. Paul to the north. On Pine Island's Main Street, there's one place to get your hair done, one place to get your cavities filled, one place to eat breakfast. Charlie Gorman owns the only butcher shop, and the Helders are among his kindest customers, he said. Most folks trust one another. Gorman often leaves the doors of his shop unlocked when he steps out to run an errand. It can't be the Helders I know, Gorman thought when he heard the news. Right. Growth is the town's biggest civic issue, yada, yada, yada. And until this week, a visit from Governor Jesse Ventura was the biggest news there. Mark Valsing, the city administrator, said the community is changing while many people know their neighbors and is now large enough that many are also virtual strangers. Ooh. Students who remember Helder described him as friendly and warm person rather than a brooding anarchist. If he was frustrated, senior Lucas Beery said it was in the same way many Pine Island teens are frustrated. At Menominee, the talk of the campus was of the TV satellite trucks. Conversations between students revealed that Helder wasn't known by many. One student didn't realize he had a class with Helder until he saw him on TV. Senior Michael Licati last saw Helder on Wednesday in their philosophy of religion class. See, he has that religious training again. Drove him over the edge. Instructor Jerry Kappas said Helder was not a star student, but he wasn't the worst student. He didn't do or say anything in class that would have explained what happened. Lacanti said the class encouraged open conversation and that Helder was one of the more outspoken students. Not too many people spoke out, Lacanti said. He did, but he never spoke of violence, nor was that ever really a subject. You could tell he had his mindset on how he felt about things. I do remember one strange thing. The professor asked him if he planned to make up a test that he missed. He said, I don't really care. I don't give a schmidt anymore. How do you like that, huh? Hmm. Just another kid, just another punk, 21, and it looks like he's going on about 16. He don't look no 21 to me, does he? Not really. And I still say fry his ass, or at least do something really grotesque. How about torture sounds good, huh? After all the torture he put those people through, after the people that he maimed just opened up their goddamn mailbox, as if we didn't have enough grief already a few months ago going through all of that Anthrax. crap in the mailbox, where every piece of mail, where every letter, where every goddamn object in the mailbox, people were crapping their pants about. How much money? How'd you like to have in the bank the money all across the country that had to be uh, spent for all those phony anthrax scares? Where they had to send a hazmat truck and the all the... Oh, my gosh. Each and every one of them would cost a fortune. So I rest my case. Oh, but he's just a kid. He's just a punk. Right. It's, again, the difference, not be knowing the difference between right and wrong, between civilized and being a barbarian, and all the religious bull crap, and all the hocus-pocus, and all the Ten Commandments is a pile of crap. Common sense. You don't put pipe bombs in people's mailboxes or uh, in their... Rectum. Anywhere. And you don't shoot somebody in the back of the goddamn head because uh, you want to bang his wife and all of these things. Oh, yeah, but you just don't understand. No, I don't. I really don't. I don't. Maybe you can explain it to me, George, but I don't think so. In the 10 seconds before the break. I See, time's up. 20 hey. before 10 at 560 WQM. We got the Mad Dog at 1, Hank Goldberg at 3. You got another big ball game tonight. I bet your Pat's going out for that again. Yes, I am. There you go. He's better be there. Mr. Sportsniffer, 6.30 to pregame, San Diego Padres in town again at 7.05. Eddie K. after the baseball, Joe and Mark, the Dirty Boys overnight. I noticed that my my uh, appellation for them, remember Apollonia? I noticed that the, my nickname for them, the Dirty Boys, seems to be sticking. 
Didn't I invent that, or did somebody else come up with that? I can't recall. I did. Trust me. I trust. Last you. time I checked, it was. Oh God. Everybody likes that. The Dirty Boys. Hey, Tom Lehman's one of the Dirty Boys. That's why he loves this show. He's a great guy, though, and that's why they've been doing the business for over 35 years in the same place. They're at Hallett Pontiac GMC, and right now he's created the Neil Deal at Hallett because he loves the show and the people who listen to it. Save big dollars in all Pontiacs and GMCs in stock. Just mention when you stop into Hallett that you heard about it here on the world-famous Neil Rogers Show. Stop by Hallett Pontiac GMC at 13401 South Dixie Highway on US-1, right across from the falls where ordinarily every vehicle is marked for the lowest price, but when you mention my name, the price goes even lower. Check out the complete line of GMC SUVs, including the Envoy, voted by Motor Trend as the SUV of the year, plus see the all-new Vibe SUV. It's got the power of a sports car at just a fraction of the price. And as always, hell, it's got a dependable selection and unbeatable selection of pre-owned cars and trucks and SUVs. And if you've been turned down for credit by any other car dealer in the universe, have no fear. Hallett's here. They'll make a deal for you. So get yourself a Neil Rogers deal right now at Hallett Pontiac GMC, 13401 South Dixie Highway on US-1, right across the street from the falls, open every single day, seven days a week. You can give them a call at 305-238-4040. That's 305-238-4040. And when you talk to Tom, I mean, you might ask him what their slogan means. You know, Hallett Pontiac GMC, we are professional. Service announcement from QAM, helping to keep whiny bitches off the air. Sports Radio 560, QAM. Boy, does he have a lot of chutzpah. Yeah, it's me, the yelling guy, Anger Anderson. I'm a man. I'm a man's man, man. I'm a manly man's man, man. Sometimes when I'm at the urinal, I get uh, stage fright. I have a shy bladder. Then it hits me. These other guys next to me must think I'm a tool gazer. Damn! So I get more and more nervous. One time, I stood there for hours. I met some pretty nice fellas, though. 945 at 560 WQAM. Just like John, I notice he's doing okay on the survey, too. John Walker Lynn. Same thing. Remember when those pictures started coming back in with all the schmutz on his face and he looked like all dazed and confused? Same thing. People like my mother saying, oh, gee, he's so confused. Uh, yeah, right. Everybody's confused. I bet you Ted Bundy was confused, too. And David Berkowitz. Everybody's confused. That's why they'd like to put a bullet in your brain. Who would you most like to pull the switch on? O.J. seems to be off to the races, okay? We might actually have to put him in a separate category. O.J.'s got 20. But, I, you know, there's a chance for you to vent. Out of 53 votes, O.J.'s already got 20. Susan Smith has got nine, which is excellent. Andrea Yates, eight. John Walker Lynn, six. He's doing pretty good. Father Gagan's got five and Father Shandley, four. Maybe we can get a twin seater for him. Robert Blake has got one. Pam Smart has got none because they forgot who the hell she was already. And Luke Helder, the mailbox bomber, guess how many he's got? None. Well, I don't have to guess. None. Well, you don't have to because it's right there in front of you. None. Zero. How's that possible? Well, he only tried to kill 18 people. Yeah, but he failed. I see. I'd pull the switch on him right now. Sure. Take away all his confusion. Take away his uh, Nirvana records. Just, uh, you know, enough enough already. Miami Archdiocese removes two priests accused of sexually abusing former altar boys. Oh! The Archdiocese of Miami yesterday removed two South Florida priests accused of molesting two former date altar boys in the 1970s, while church officials conduct an internal investigation into the allegations. The Archdiocese said it placed the reverends Ricardo Castellanos and Alvaro Guichard on the administrative leave with pay until the sex abuse allegations have been investigated by a response team chosen by Archbishop John Favalara. Right. The fox is investigating the chicken coop. Under Florida Catholic Conference guidelines, the six-person team will consist of a Favalora representative, an archdiocese lawyer, a church communications director, a psychologist, and two lay representatives. The policy says any church employee found to have engaged in sexual misconduct will be removed from active ministry. doesn't say anything in here, though, about going to jail. 
The response team will report back to him, and the Archbishop will use that information to make his final decision, Archdiocese spokeswoman Mary Ross Augustus said. The decision comes today after date State Attorney Catherine Fernandez-Rundle said her office planned to review Archdiocese records of abuse allegations against current and former priests. So there's those two, which we talked about the other day. Finally, the, they've been removed while they're conducting an investigation. And, of course, if they don't find out exactly what anybody would like them to find out, they'll say, okay, don't do it again. See, there's nothing in there that says to me anything about any criminal activity, about the fact that these people broke the law and they ought to be in jail. The church continues being oblivious. They're above the law. And those of you who are going to go this Sunday or any other Sunday and continue helping to perpetuate this crap, shame on you. That's all I can tell you. I know I'm not going to change anybody out there, but you're perpetuating. You're helping to promote it. This unbelievable, grotesque activity and the cover-up of same. And now they're talking up there in Boston about, well, they may have to sell this property, and they're, they're looking how they can raise some money. That's beautiful. Not money to feed the poor or house the sick or do or take care of all the uh, desperate people in the world, all these unwanted babies that they helped to make, that they promoted. No, so that they can pay off all these uh, all the hush money, all the lawsuits. Here's another one. St. Louis, priest pleads guilty in porn case. Wreck them. Keep them coming, baby. A Roman Catholic priest pleaded guilty yesterday to federal child pornography possession charges after he was caught in an FBI sting. The Reverend John P. Hess faces up to five years in prison when he's sentenced July 26th. Hess, 56, was removed from Sacred Heart Catholic Church in suburban Florissant in March, that's in Missouri, after the FBI seized his computer kept in a public area of the church rectumry. Federal prosecutor Ray Grunder said Hess became a suspect during a nationwide FBI sting called Operation Candyman, focusing on child pornography traded over the Internet. A hard drive on Hess's computer contained hundreds of images of kiddie porn, including video clips of children involved in sexually explicit conduct, the prosecutor be saying. If you break the law, you can't hide in cyberspace, Grunder said. Asked in court if he had any reservations about entering the plea, Hess only replied, None whatsoever, Your Honor. Pleaded guilty. Waiting in an elevator after the hearing ended, Hess stood in silence when asked if he had anything to say to parishioners at Sacred Heart. His attorney also declined comment. What a surprise! Eight priests have resigned or been removed in the Archdiocese since a nationwide scandal involving sex abuse by priests began to unfold in January. The Archdiocese about Hess had no immediate comment. Aren't you shocked? No. They're mum. Oh, and look at this. Who faxed me this? What kind of... Oh, one of our chronic faxers. Boy, you must be doing some real bad weed, baby. You must be doing some wacky weed. And also, they're faxing me They're faxing me Otis Blackwell's uh, obit from the New York Times. Just for the didn't sake of the picture. Did we have that yesterday? Yeah, but for the sake of the picture. I see. I understand the picture shows that he's black. Now, see, didn't I say that yesterday and you gave me a bunch of crap? Yeah, that's how it went down. Because this guy wrote, don't be cruel and all those other... He had rhythm, man. He had soul. This guy had soul. No, you said it. George said it yesterday. I mean, I didn't know. See, I don't like jumping to conclusions because I've been accused of all kinds of, you know, racial stuff. Otis Blackwell, who died the other day, who wrote Don't Be Cruel and Great Balls of Fire, etc. And so he's dead at 70, and he was black. George wants you to know he was black. Okay, here's some more suggestion. Oh, did he spell, uh, oh, yeah, he also, more, uh, one of our factors, Phil and Coral Springs, says you're a stupid, Eric. Not only Father Shanley, which he corrected, but Lind, you've got L-Y-N-D-E. That was Paul Lind, okay? This isn't Paul Lind. Maybe he did that on purpose to be funny. No, he did not do that on purpose. Uh, he's uh, illiterate. I mean, he's a good guy, and we appreciate him, and he's fat and all that, but he's uh, illiterate. Lind, L-I-N-D-H. I know that's a very unusual spelling, but that's how he be spelling it, okay, sweetheart? L-I-N-D-H. Let's get it right, so at least we put the appearance on our website of having an IQ bigger than our goddamn uh, left uh, nut. So somebody says Charles Manson and the Menendez brothers. I, I don't know. Yeah. Old, it's old news. Stale. Just like Michael Skakel. By the way. Why do yes, you think something? Susan, why, yeah. By the way, something. Why do you think Susan Smith has more votes than Andrea Yates? Didn't Andrea kill more kids? Yeah, but Andrea had a crazy ass husband. Oh, 
who forced her to have all those kids because he was a religious nut. In fact, you should know that because uh, now you're the one that's going to know the name of that guy because it's long out of my memory. Mike Warnicky. Right, very good. Mike Warnicky is the religious nut that uh, had them all crazier than a bed bug. It wasn't all living in that. Hadn't living in a bus. Don't you remember that? That was the same bus he was living in, and the Partridge family was also in there for a while. (laughs) Yeah, if you had to live with the the remnants of whatever Danny Bona douchebag (laughs) left behind, you'd probably go nuts too. And so they were both like, and I'm not making excuses because I'd be happy to pull the switch and Andrea Yates that bitch. She should have gotten uh, the death penalty, no question, no question. But. Susan Smith. Yeah, and she made up that story about the black guy kidnapping. Oh, yeah, and, and, and talk about a racist bitch. She made up the story because it happened to be in South Carolina where there happened to be a few real racists there and made up the story about some black dude done it. And uh, don't you remember it was out there in the goddamn uh, middle of the woods somewhere. The black right. dude held her up and took off with a car with the kids in it and yada, yada, all this other sad story. Come to find out she drowned the two kids. I mean, seriously, it's not just a question of right from wrong. This is barbaric. It is grotesque. It's unacceptable. And the fact that we as a society let this bitch live and our tax dollars are helping to feed her or somebody's tax dollars helping to feed and clothe her every goddamn day and take care of her medical and dental crap so that she can duck it up in jail or whatever the hell she's doing. This is unacceptable to me. Unfreaking acceptable. Susan freaking Smith that drowns her two little kids because they were getting in the way, you know, getting in the way of her affair with some schmuck. They were cramping her style. Yeah, that's right. They'd be cramping my style, baby. You talk about trailer trash. Uh, in fact, you know something? That's an insult to all the trailer trash in America, is to call Susan Smith trailer trash. She was 50 steps below whatever trailer trash is, Susan freaking Smith, that drowned her two little kids. And I'll say it again. I don't care what anybody says, because I happen to be an expert in these matters. Her uh, original husband, David, remember David? Right. He was uh, one pretty good-looking. He was I mean, he was a moron. He was a real Yahoo, but as long as he kept his mouth shut, he was a good-looking guy. And she was, she was, oh, she's a mousy-looking bitch. She's nasty-looking. Yeah. So she could have kissed, the, she should have been kissing the ground at his whatever he wanted her to kiss. That anybody that looked like that, it was like that. He wasn't, uh, you know, he was less illiterate than she is. You see what I'm saying? She had it pretty good. But that wasn't good enough. Of course, he was screwing around on the side, too, but who gives a crap? I mean, is that an excuse because your husband was screwing around on the side and you got a divorce and you got some other guy that you want to get hooked up with, but the kids are in the way because you don't want kids? So you're going to drown your kids? He yeah, was let's a money get guy. Away. Remember the guy that she was uh, had the hots for was a money guy. Right. He wrote her a letter and said, hey, guess what? Forget it, bitch. Get lost. And, oh, well, she figured if she got rid of the kids, he might change his mind. Right. I like you, and but she's, not the instant family. And she's thing. still alive because we have all her neighbors, the people of that town. What town was it? Do you remember? Oh, geez, no. I don't know. Somewhere in South Carolina. But the uh, people who lived in that community and grew up with her said, oh, they just didn't have the heart to uh, go vote for the death penalty. Well, what the hell does that mean? I guess they don't have the heart to care about those two little dead kids that you won't be going to be uh, seeing no more. Just like all those Andrea Yates kids. Well, you know, nothing's going to bring them chase, back. Chase the seven-year-old down the hall so she could uh, get a hold of him and stick his ass in the bathtub, too, to finish the job off. Good golly, Miss Molly. But, hey, that's just <laughs> that's the way it goes in America. All the religions out there, they got all the answers, but it doesn't seem to be working too well. Hey, if we could just bring God back into school and put up the Ten Commandments on the wall, that'll take care of it. No problem. No problem. You mark my words, because you can just tell with this uh, kid's name, Luke, John, Paul, uh, Walker, Lind, whatever the hell his name was, uh, Held. What's his name? Behelder? You can just tell that this kid had this ultra-religious family. Of course, I mean, he's busy doing a lot of weed, probably is rebellion against all that bull crap, and listening to Nirvana and doing Kurt Cobain crap. I think probably when Kurt Cobain uh, died, that's what put him over the edge. That'll sound like a good excuse. Let me uh, do the defense. I'll get my mother in here. We can make a team, the defense for this punk, and then we'll pull the switch. OJ's got 30, the one you'd most like to pull the switch on. Maybe we should have put a category for people that couldn't pull the switch, but I don't think there are any such people anymore in America. Do you? No. no. <laughs> oh, no. 
We're ready right now, okay? And, of course, this is only for fun anyway. <laughs> it's just for fun. We're not really going to pull the switch, literally. We don't have that. We don't do that stuff anymore, unfortunately. I say bring back old Sparky oh! this weekend. And we can take this whole list here and just line them up one after the other and execute them on TV. We can make a mini-series out of it. What do you say? I love it. Bring back the arena. Get a, get a 90-share easy. Put Hill Street Blues to shame. OJ's got 31. Susan Smith, 17. Andrew Yates, 13. John Walker, Paul Lind, 10. Father Shanley's moving up on list now that we got his name spelled right. And nice going on John Walker Lind. We got that. Thank you very much, by the way. I didn't notice that misspelling, that grotesque error by Eric. Father Shanley's up to seven. Father Gagan's got six. Robert Flake's got one. And Pamela Smart and Luke Felder, the mailbox bomber, still have the big... Oh! They don't have any! If I would have known that, I'd have voted for Luke. Eighteen counts of attempted murder there, if you ask me. I mean, what else would you call it? Eighteen counts of attempted murder. Exactly. That's what it sounds like to me. But, and we don't want to mess with him because he's just a kid and he's confused and nobody would play his record on here. 957 at 560 WQM. Hey, Mother's Day is just a couple of days away. It's this Sunday. This year more than ever, you ought to be showing mom that you love and appreciate her by sending you Vermont Teddy Bear. It's a great gift. Your mom, wife, or grandmother will receive a beautiful little bear made in Vermont and delivered with a free card and candy and a fun gift box. Just call a bear counselor at this toll-free number. And don't forget, even though it's Thursday, they can still have it there in plenty of time for Mother's Day. Call 1829-BEAR. They'll help you pick out a bear just for her so she'll know that you put some real thought into that gift and it's something worthwhile. Ask about the new Spa Ma bear or the Mama's Boy with the heart-shaped tattoo. And dads, don't forget, every year it's your job to get a gift for mom from the kids. And the Motherman Cub set is perfect. Add as many cubs as needed with their little names right on little outfits. It's a lot more personal than flowers, which are dead in no time at all. And the little bear will last for a lifetime. So call 1-800-829-BEAR or shop online at vermontteddybear.com. It only takes just a few minutes to order. You can even send her bear to the office if you like. Give her a gift this Mother's Day. She'll remember and keep and cherish forever from the Vermont Teddy Bear Company. Be sure and tell them that Neil told you to call 1-800-829-BEAR. That's 1-800-829-BEAR. Oh, thank heaven. Want to score some pot? In stores now, the Jabba the Hutt's Home Liposuction Kit. For the skin you love to touch. Oh, oh, my arm! That hurts! That hurts! You might have hurt someone. It's funny when friends get hurt. Look light years younger in a matter of minutes. Damn, that's great. Damn right. With Jabba the Hutt's Home Liposuction Kit. And coming soon, the Yoda Home Protology Kit. Probe. 10.01 at 560 WQM. Happy Thursday to you. Boy, it's a miserable day here. It's murky and raining and like in the, uh, I don't know what's going to be, like 60-something, but uh, murky. So don't feel so bad, okay? I don't want to rub in the fact that the weather's been fairly decent while you're sweltering and uh, schwitzing over there. Yeah. yeah. Here's an uplifting story for you. It'll make you feel real good about your tax dollars and about your government. Hey, why can't you be more positive, Neil? Because I can't lie that much. I can lie a little bit, but not that much. Feds, criminals giving jobs at airports. All right. All right. <laughs> this is good. Philadelphia, a woman who hired screeners at the Philadelphia airport was charged with altering job applications and allowing people with murder and weapons convictions to get jobs. Oh! All right, that's the kind of people we want, especially at those screening places. Rochelle Miles, an employee of Huntley USA Corporation, was charged Tuesday with making false statements to the FAA about at least 20 airport screeners hired between August 1997 and January 1999. St. Louis-based Huntley, which provides airport security and screening services to about 50 airports nationwide, Stop providing security at Philadelphia in September of 2000. Miles falsely told the FAA that each screener's five-year employment history was verified in accordance with FAA regulations, authorities said. She also falsely told the agency that each employee passed the test required of all airport screeners, prosecutors said. 
Miles is also charged with failing to request a criminal history report for employees with known gaps in their employment history. As a result, prosecutors allege Miles hired several employees with criminal convictions. On Monday, uh, as we know, a man carried two loaded semi-automatic handguns through a Huntley-run security checkpoint at Louis Armstrong International in New Orleans. A message left for a Huntley spokeswoman Tuesday was not available immediately oh, returned. Return. There was no telephone listening for Miles. She could not immediately be reached. <laughs> Her attorney, John Turlick, declined to comment. <laughs> I love it. The Philadelphia airport's got a history of security problems. Argonbright Security Inc. hired more than a dozen guards with criminal convictions to run security checkpoints in Philadelphia. As we know, Argonbright has since left the air support security business. We can't imagine why. God. You know, when you go to the airport, I don't want to start picking on anybody, but when you go to the airport and you take a look at the people who are working there, yeah, and you say to yourself, who are they kidding? Who are these people kidding? It's like when they had the National Guard people all standing there, you know, with their rifles pointed up in the air, you know, standing there at attention. Uh, what, what did that accomplish? And I'm not putting those people down, but, but I'm just saying in general, did that accomplish anything at all? No. And you'll notice, in spite of the fact that they had them standing there, time and time again, we found people who had, like, uh, suitcases, then, and, they, and they discovered after they were, like, uh, their luggage went through the screening device, oh, there's a gun in there or something like that, and then they would grab the uh, device, and they would disappear in the middle of the airport. Right. So in spite of the fact that they put on this incredibly, unbelievably massive dog and pony show, it didn't amount to a hell of dog crap. Nothing. And if they think they're kidding anybody, boy, forget about it. So, once again, your tax dollars hard at work as... Uh, What's that guy, that little uh, twerp, Normanetta, the Secretary of Transportation, gives you a big song and a dance, but then turns around and says, well, you know, we still have to hire back a lot of those people that we can in the first place, the ones, the hamburger flippers, the ones that fell off the turnip truck, that crowd. We have to hire them back because there's a shortage of these screeners, et cetera, and so on. And the facts that this guy sent me, this is so, this is so astonishing to me, one of our usually more um, common-sense faxers. Democrats since Governor Bush of Florida could be beaten. And the essence of this article, which I certainly won't waste your time reading from the New York Times yesterday, sensing vulnerability in Governor Bush's re-election bid, state Democratic Party leaders are pressing Mr. Bush to act more forcefully in the case of Relia Wilson, the five-year-old girl who disappeared while under state supervision, which we have more about in a second. But nevertheless, I, I don't know why you people keep dreaming. Is there anybody in this audience who's got any idea who Bill McBride is? No, no. And, of course, the bad news is we all know who Jan Reno is. Has either one of them got any chance at all no. of beating Jeb Bush? No. None. Not not a slim chance, not a minuscule chance, no chance, not a Chinaman's chance in hell. Am I wrong about that? No, you're not. Although I'll put my money on Bill McBride. Over Janet, you mean? Uh, yeah. Well, sure, because he doesn't have as many liabilities as she does. I mean, the main liability she's got is that she's Janet Reno. Right. And, of course, in Florida, she's, she's beloved in the Hispanic community. In South Florida. <laughs> right. In fact, maybe she could run like with the campaign posters of Alien sitting on her shoulder or something like that. That would be good. Or maybe she could like pose uh, with a fisherman would be good. That'd be a good campaign poster. Here's uh, Janet with a the fisherman. They kissed and made up. Or maybe with Maris Grecius. You know something? I think it's time to go back to those wonderful days. No wonder they kept replaying those Best of Neil tapes from Alien. Forget about the Pope. He's old news. He can barely stand up. But the Alien days, boy, those were, as they say in the business, the salad days. Don't you agree? It was uh, fun. Lots of fun. <laughs> I mean, nobody got hurt. Nobody got killed. Right. I mean, there were a lot of, uh, you know, anxiety and hysteria. A tire fire. I shouldn't say nobody got hurt. Remember the the one Hispanic lawyer that got, like, uh, kicked around on the sidewalk there and she sued? By the cop, her? yeah. Right. 
But I'm talking about nobody got Nothing seriously, serious. Nothing serious. No, just a scratch. And maybe injury. I'm wrong about that. In fact, the only major episode that we had in that regard could have happened when Rick Sanchez was frantically trying to call the car that was on his way across the causeway there to Miami Beach. Remember that? He was right. trying to intercept the motorcade and yeah. have them turn around and go back. And luckily, the phone, the cell phone was busy. I remember that. Because just like Elliot Rodriguez, who's busy and nosing around down in Cuba right now, Rick Sanchez, it wasn't enough to be a reporter. He was going to make the news. Just like Wolf Blitzkrieg is over there now on CNN the last couple of days. Oh, we've got these exclusive pictures, and nobody else has been able to see this rubble here in Bethlehem. And, and look at, look at, looky, looky me, what I'm doing over here. I'm a big shot, you know? He's a freaking newsreader, that's all he is. Just like Rick Sanchez, another one, a newsreader, who squats over to map a lot and drops the big bomb. But he was going to make that call and get that uh, car turned around over there. I don't remember the reasons why, and I don't want to remember because there was so much crap that went on with that deal. But uh, he he was a hair's breadth away from. Oh, that was when they were taking the kid over to uh, see Sister Jean, That's the dancing right. machine, right? Yes. And they had finally worked out that deal. It was even tougher negotiations than the uh, Israelis and the Palestinians. And they finally got the cavalcade, the motorcade, going over there across the causeway to the beach. And here's this schmuck, this tub of crap. And the guy that he hit in that car, by the way, is still dead. I just thought I'd mention that. I don't talk about that too much anymore, but that guy's still dead. Panel stalled and missing girl case. A clash between laws respecting privacy and those urging open government has stalled a panel's investigation into the disappearance of that five-year-old girl, Rilia. No sooner had Governor Jeb Bush's Blue Ribbon panel met for the first time yesterday when the head of the child welfare agency that lost track of the girl balked at sharing case records. That's more balked than psychopaths at the baseball game last night. See, you always got to keep that sports stuff going for him, okay, to keep his interest? Keep me awake, please. Yeah, he's a sports nerd. Kathleen Kearney, head of Florida's Department of Children and Families, told panelists that making the documents relating to Rilly Wilson's public uh, public would violate the girls' privacy rights. I would like nothing better than have the records open to the media, but almost also incredibly mindful of the confidentiality and that we have a missing child, she be saying. The governor's office and the state attorney general are still trying to work out how the panel could discuss the case in private without violating the state's laws governing opening meetings. Oh, yeah, right. Who the hell are these people kidding? This is something from like a comedy show. This is in Newsday, no less, from the Associated Press. This is more like something out of a Saturday Night Live. Governing opening meetings, government in the sunshine, right. And I'd like to remind anybody who forgot that that basketball arena downtown was built because of the fact that Mayor Pinga Pequena got elected largely in part on his, his pledge to the public that he wasn't going to give any more public money to build any more stadiums or arenas for these multi-billionaires. That was what put him over the top in being elected mayor the first time. And then as soon as he got in there, the first thing he did was have a back door, not in the sunshine, but in the dark, in the dark, in an alley somewhere with Mickey Harrison, and they cut that deal. And they put that thing on a ballot, and they worded it cockeyed, so if you're for it, you vote no, and you're against it, you vote yes, and, um, and Mickey's going to pay for the building itself. It won't cost you anything except millions and millions for the rest of your life. And they, and they pulled that over on the public, because, again, there's no such thing as government in the sunshine in corrupt Florida, especially South Florida. Anyway, authorities are trying to determine still how Rilia vanished 15 months ago while in state custody. Detectives are treating her disappearance as a possible homicide. Don't you think that's a little bit of an understatement? Uh, yeah. Bush wants the panel's interim report May 20th and a final report June 3rd. Panel members said those deadlines will be difficult to meet if they can't review records. I would like every piece of information but the privacy and confidentiality issues and so on must respect, said David Lawrence Jr., the panel's chairman. Kearney's department reported William missing April 25 after losing contact with a girl. She was placed in state custody in 1996. They reported her missing long after losing contact with her. We will never, ever be perfect, ever, said Kearney, who took over the department in 1999. I accept full responsibility. Well, let's put his name on the list, too, while we're at it. Let's put him on there, and who'd you like to pull the switch on? Who'd you like to fry this week? In fact, you know something? That might be a good feature on the show, the Fry-E of the Week on the Neil Rogers Show. 
We can and have since the they're not effects. using the old Sparky anymore, we can like wheel it right in there. I'm sure we'll find some room. In fact, maybe we can put it in the old uh, place over there on Sheridan Street. Don't you think that the ambiance is perfect for that? I drove by it the other day. I don't think there's anything in there right now. Yeah, we can put old Sparky in there with the rats and roaches crawling around, like Hank used to say, the rat-infested, bug-infested. And like uh, we can uh, fry people there right on the ear. Sounds like a winner. Oh! Get a 98 share. Did we find out if Bill O'Reilly shows on in that market, by the way? Not yet. <laughs> it debuted yesterday, but evidently not in South Florida. Or if it is, nobody's talking about it. I'd be delighted to promote that show. Why the hell not? Who cares? We got Flush, yes. and we got this one, and we got that one. Why the hell not? We like everybody getting a shot, even our fascist, pompous ass like him, like Bill O'Reilly. Twelve minutes after ten at five sixty. WQM. Don't forget to go to the ball game tonight. Pat wants a lot of company out there. We want to break the seven thousand market uh, mark, don't you? Wouldn't that be great? Get over seven thousand for the first place Marlins, of course. I th- and they see Pat's in trouble already. He said the M word on this show. We don't say that for the first place South Florida baseball team. I'm going to tell you right now, if they can get over 7,000 for the game tonight, I say I can smell new stadium. Can't you smell it? I think so. If you're new to the area, you've been living under a rock, you don't know what you're missing until you try the world-famous little old caboose and their boxcar burgers in Deerfield Beach. Crazy John is still at it, boy, pumping them out by the millions. Don't forget the awesome taste of White Castle up north. They stayed with you for a week. Only at the little old caboose, they don't stay with you that long. They'll keep you busy. Little old caboose burgers have got those great grilled onions, pickles, ketchup, mustard, cheese, if you prefer. And, of course, they serve them on delicious, gorgeous, steaming little buns. Little old caboose also serves Coney Island thick-cut French fries, some bread hot dogs with all kinds of good crap on them, and great chicken fingers, wings, and chicken sandwiches. If you came to Florida to fish, dive into a tasty fried fish sandwich, add onion rings and a soda, you're out on less than a cost to feed a family of 20 in a third-world country. Little old caboose, eat in, drive through, or down under the stars right outside on the patio. And while you're there, watch all the goofballs who work up there, stare at that train that keeps going round and round right over their head. Little old caboose, lunch and dinner every day, seven days a week, Friday and Saturday, open late till 10. The caboose is on Powerline Road just south of Hillsborough and uh, Deerfield. And be sure and tell that old Petey Lenny, lose my number, Petey, sent you by. I don't care what mommy says about the meat guys. Wants to know your name. The Mad Dog. Weekdays at 1 on Sports Radio 560. QAM. Neil Rogers got. What kind of a father was Robert Blake? Not your average father. What does that mean? I was frightened and um, constantly in a fetal position. It was really horrible. Was he ever violent with you? Yes, absolutely. Delina, do you think there is any way that your father might have committed this crime or ordered this crime to be committed? Yes. Has your father said to you, I'm guilty? <sighs> yeah. Did he? Mm-hmm. Dad is guilty. Is that correct? Absolutely. I have a signed piece of paper from him that says he did it, and my father is severely guilty. And the worst part of the deal is he's only got one vote. He's tied for last with Pam Smart on our survey. we got 136 votes. Who would you most like to pull the switch on? And good old Bobby Blake and Pam Smart each have one. I think you brainwashed the audience, George, with all that crap about the bitch had it coming. The bitch had it coming. And Luke Helder, the mailbox bomber that we've been talking a lot about today, he's only got four votes. I guarantee Tia that if he wouldn't have been planting his uh, damn mailbox bombs out there in the Midwest and in Texas and uh, all those places distant from South Florida, if he would have put them like in Perrine and Plantation and Hialeah and in uh, Fort Lauderdale, and people would have been uh, crapping in their pants about opening up their mailbox again, and people would have been their uh, hands and heads maybe blown off, I guarantee you'd have more than four votes, see, but it's kind of a distant thing. You're it's right. not nearly as exciting as Elyon. In addition to which, he's like, uh, you know, he's harmless looking. He's like uh, nerdy looking. You know, he looks like a nerd. A nebbish. Uh, exactly. Couldn't have said it better myself. Like I said, a nerd. And probably smoke too much bad pot. Just look, Norma. Norma Kent, same thing. Smoke too much bad pot. There's a good lesson for all you kids. You're going to start doing a lot of unacceptable things and destroy your life. 
So smoke some good pot. That's the message on the Neil Rogers Show. If you're going to smoke some wacky weed, get some good crap. George will hook you up. No, I won't. O.J. Simpson, why don't you give him some good numbers? Just like Hank with his book, he's giving him good numbers. In fact, when you hear George's cell phone ring during the middle of the show, it's Hank's bookie. <laughs> well, you know how we get how we get the faxes from the sports nerds all the time? <laughs> we also get the bookies calling on our cell phones, which really pisses me off. Although I'd rather hear from them than P.E. Lenny. Now, see, O.J. will win this hands down, but like I said, I put him on there so that a lot of people don't feel like they've had their their uh, venue there uh, taken away they're, from they're them, their avenue to flesh. vent, their uh, whatever. They want to vent. They hate you like poison, O.J. Go away. Move to Mississippi, okay? Go to Alabama with a banjo on your knee. Just get the hell out of here. We can't stand you. About the only guy that likes you is... Roy! In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if even Phyllis and Scran are getting a little sour on that piece of dreck, although I doubt it. Guess who else is a big fan? I give up. Somebody that hates you loves O.J. Remember that golf tournament? Greg hates you. I just, I don't want to bring up old, uh, open up old wounds again, but... Please. Another disgraceful chapter in the long, long, sad saga of the QAM deal. OJ 55, Susan Smith 23, Andrew Yates 21, John Walker Lind 14, Father Shanley 11, Father Gagan 10, Luke uh, Helder only 4, and Pam Smart and Bobby Blake like I said only one apiece, as far as who you'd love to pull the switch on. Well, here's some good stuff, okay, for those of you slobs out there like me. Group fights for your right to eat that fatty burger. All right. Always getting all these other groups, these goody two-shoes groups, and I think a lot of people are getting sick and tired of them. Because I know every time I mention about this is bad for you and about diabetes and stuff, the audience starts going into a coma. They don't want to hear that. They want to be encouraged to eat crap. They like crap. Don't you agree? Isn't you're, no, you're experience? right. Nobody wants to like somebody preaching they at a home what's bad for them. They don't want to hear about eating celery them. and artichokes. They want to know what's about, good. Uh, Does it taste good? Does it feel good? And all. Right. They want to eat some good tasting crap. A lot of fat dripping down their fat mm, fingers and sugar onto their shirt like Fat Rich with a showing. At least that way you can see what they had for lunch when they're wearing it on their <laughs> shirt. You talk about wearing your feelings on your sleeve. We're talking about wearing your meals on your on the on your puppet, like right a, on your shirt, like a menu. Yeah, like a roadmap to what I ate today. In fact, it wouldn't surprise me if Eric's sitting up there, probably in his t-shirt and uh, shorts up there in Orlando. He's probably sitting there with like uh, several. I don't even want to think about it. Several remnants from this morning's breakfasts. There are groups in Washington lobbying for the environment, uh, for the environment, endangered species, public health, and hundreds of other causes. But who looks out for junk food? A group called the Center for Consumer Freedom has taken up the cause. A coalition of more than 30,000 restaurant and tavern owners is standing tall in defense of fattening food. Its motto, protecting personal responsibility and protecting consumer choice. The center, which was set up in 1995, sees itself on the front lines of the battle to defend Americans' right to gorge on artery-clogging burgers, splurge on waistline-expanding donuts, and guzzle liver-hardening alcohol. Oh, and speaking of donuts, guess what they got up here now? Krispy Kreme. That's all you need. No, I, ha I have not had any. <laughs> yeah, I can't really eat only three. The group has stepped up its efforts, beginning with an advertising blintz on Washington's radio airwaves. It says it fears government meddling in America's uh, diets through the imposition of fat taxes on foods ranging from fatty meats to sugary treats. Fat tax. That's not a bad idea, you know what? What took them so long? Fat tax. In fact, just in that building alone, we could help support the whole goddamn economy for about six years. Just in a week. Fat tax on Josh Friedman, the Beast, me, Hank, who else? I mean, some other people we don't want to mention because we like them. Well, we like Hank, too, and the Beast, but we're fat. No specific proposals have been presented to Congress, but the center isn't taking any chances. It plans to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars taking the ads to other cities soon. We're a coalition of restaurant and tavern operators allied together to fight the growing movement of food cops and public health zealots. People who want to tell you basically what to eat and drink and how to live your life, said Mike Burita. <laughs> Burita, the communications director. What a cute name. I wonder if he eats at Taco Bell. Probably. Probably his favorite is that Burita Supreme. 
In one of its radio ads, the center warns a fat tax on such foods as nachos and donuts would make you all make all you weak snack food centers pay for your polyunsaturated transgressions. The center's principal targets are the Center for Science and the Public Interest, the CSPI, which advocates healthier eating habits, and your very favorite, your favorite in the world, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, which urges people to stop eating meat, PETA file. It's basically sophomoric, know-nothing propaganda that seems to be aimed at discouraging people from paying attention to the impact of diet on health, said Michael Jacobson, the CSPI's executive director. They're trying to deny a huge body of scientific evidence that associates the high caloric fat and salt content of restaurant foods with obesity, heart disease, and other health problems. <laughs> Both the CSPI and PETA endorse federal taxes on fatty foods and other unhealthy... Now, here's an interesting word. Yes. C-O-M-E-S-T-I-B-L-E-S. Comestibles. Yes. One of my favorites. Well, what the hell is that? Food. Anything you can eat. Comestibles? Anything that you can ingest is a comestible. In the history of my life, I never heard or saw that word before. I love it's that word. It's not even 10.30, and we're learning again, boys and girls. Oh, oh. More words that you never heard before on the Neil Rogers Show. Comestibles. It's like vittles, but bigger. I see. Are they tender? Both the CSPI and PETA endorse federal taxes on fatty foods and other unhealthy comestibles, but they are concentrating their efforts at the state level where they see better chances for success. They reason that since states and the federal government tax alcohol and tobacco, which can have health consequences, why not tax junk food, too? They're finding sympathetic ears in some state legislatures. California considering imposing a U.S. two cents a can of tax on soda and other pop. See, it says U.S. because this is in the Canadian National Post. Yes. So they always put in their U.S. because Canadian money ain't worth a crap. They're considering imposing two cents a can tax on soda and other pop and devoting the $350 million it would raise to fighting childhood obesity. Did you say other abandoned? pop? Pop. Well, that's what we call soda up here. Up pop. there, I know. Well, in Rochester, uh, Ontario, uh, western New York, we call it pop. In New York City, they call it soda. You want a soda? See, to me, soda is like with ice cream in it. That's a soda. I know. I've gotten into lots of arguments. I used to call it pop. Got a lot of crap for it. Well, guess what? You're right, and they're all wrong. They're all full of crap. Let them go back to New York, okay? Let them pop this. The move was abandoned after it failed to win the support of legislators, but the Center for Consumer Freedom Group sees it as just one battle in the war on junk food. Several other states already impose additional taxes on soft drinks. How do you like that, huh? Uh. The government fraternity of food cops, health enforcers, militant activists, meddling bureaucrats, and violent radicals who think they can decide better for you what's best for you are not just attacking restaurants, they're attacking liberty, the Center warns on its website. People should be making their own decisions about what products they choose to consume. I don't want anybody imposing their dietary beliefs on me, he'd be saying. Lynn Beckwith, who's the senior vice president of the National Association of Convenience Stores, where they want to peddle a lot of that fattening crap, because that's mostly what they sell convenience stores, is booze, a lottery tickets, and crap. F&A. Amen. That's why we like convenience stores, because it's convenient to get a lot of crap there. 1026, so there's some good news for all you people out there that like just pigging out. Don't be interfering with my Nestle's uh, turtle, okay? I'll eat whatever the hell I want, and I'll suffer the consequences. And you'll all pay for it. Hey, speaking of paying for it, you don't have to pay big bucks to get you a great name brand mattress. In fact, you can save a ton of cash and time and money. Isn't cash and money the same thing? Like I said, time, cash, money by calling 1-800-MATTRESS. These are the best people in the world to do business with when selecting your next mattress. That's why I always use them because they make it a piece of cake to do it. It's easy. Just one easy phone call, and that's all you have to do. You'll talk with people who really know their crap. They'll hook you up with exactly the type of mattress that you want and the brand name that you love the most. They carry all the top brands like Serta and Sealy, Simmons and King Coil. And when you do business with Dial a Mattress, unlike any place else in the universe, you pick the day and the two-hour window, any day, seven days a week, at any time, like between one and three, two and four, three and five, etc. when you want it delivered. In other words, when it's convenient for you when you're going to be home. So instead of sitting around wasting even more time waiting for a delivery truck to show up, they'll be there on time. And you also get a 30-day in-home comfort guarantee. So you can test the mattress the right way by sleeping on it and doing your thing on it. 
So if you want to get a great new mattress, top brands in the name, unbeatable prices, call Dollar Mattress. They'll be there knocking on the door in no time at all. Call 1-800-MATTRESS, 1-800-MATTRESS, or check them out on that wicked World Wide Web. It's the Marlins and Padres Tonight at the Pro. Coverage starts at 6.30 on Sports Radio 560 QAM. Wonderful WQAM. 56 on your dial. that in the Coons age on this show, you know that? Yeah. And I figure as long as O.J.'s bearing the competition in our poll, he's got 68 votes. He's the runaway leader. Let's hear it. Even with those arthritic legs, oh. O.J.'s still flying through the goddamn airport. Probably trying to get away from those axe murders in the airport. In fact, that's a good place for him. Right in line with that last story, you're going to love this one. Well, maybe not. Group sues chocolate manufacturers. Don't you just love chocolate? I love chocolate. I think people who don't like chocolate are un-American. I think they're communists. Communista, communista. Uh, are, is chocolate big with Cubans? <laughs> you better believe it. Well, maybe I don't believe it. What, what does that mean? I don't know any group that it's not big with. Palestinians. Maybe if they could get some. I don't think they can afford it. Certainly not the good Belgian chocolate like Godiva. Anyway, an environmental group sued chocolate manufacturers yesterday contending chocolate contains, wait till you hear this, potentially hazardous levels of lead and cadmium oh, and should carry warning labels, just like cigarettes and other certain products that are forced to carry warning labels, like this product's going to kill your ass dead. D-E-D, dead. The suit by the nonprofit American Environmental Safety Institute alleges chocolate products expose consumers, especially children, to potentially dangerous levels of the metals. A state investigation last year discounted the lawsuit's claims, and the U.S. Food and Drug Administration researchers have found children younger than six who eat lots of chocolate take in six or six percent or less of the total daily amount of lead allowed by law. So even these kids are eating chocolate by the by the poundful; they're still getting like six percent or less of the total daily amount of lead allowable by law. An attorney for the companies named in the suit, including Hershey Foods Corp., Nestle USA Inc., uh-oh, and of course you know what uh, Nestle Turtle, what most of that is beside the sugar, chocolate. Chocolate. And Kraft Foods North America, Inc. said the lawsuit was baseless and an attempt to extort a settlement. The lawsuit filed in Los Angeles Superior Court seeks in part to force the, vic- the uh, firms to include warning labels on the products under requirement of California's Proposition 65 that individuals be warned before they're exposed to dangerous chemicals. Scientific testing found lead and cadmium levels in products like M&M's presented a clear and present danger to the health of our children, said Roger Carrick, an attorney for the Palo Alto-based institute. M&M's, according to this clown create a clear and present danger to the health of our children. And maybe that's the reason why those uh, strange people are out there in the street corners selling M&M's. Right. Absolutely correct. 
Have you ever taken a look at those folks? And we've tried to get the answers on a million times on oh, the yeah. show. What's that all about? Who are those people, and where did they steal? I mean, where did they get those M&Ms? It's about Maybe making a buck. Maybe they're trying to poison your chillin'. Michelle Karash, no relation to David, an attorney for the chocolate company, said the two metals are present naturally in chocolate and other foods, but in levels too low to pose any hazard. In other words, you know, pass me the goddamn Hershey bar. Pass me the Snickers. Pass me the turtle candies. Hmm. Pass me the fish food. Pass me the chocolate marshmallow. Pass me the rocky freaking road, baby. Pass me that big uh, thing of Cadbury's uh, chocolate crunch. Okay, you need to stop. Why? Pass me <laughs> the big. Oh, oh, and you're gonna you're gonna start hyperventilating when I tell you this. Let me just finish this thing. We will vigorously defend the safety of our products, Karash said, but our greater concern is getting the word out that these claims are totally without basis and just designed to scare people, get them all worked up into a frenzy. Just like that. Anyway, I don't think you're ready to hear this. I'm ready. Guess what kind? Speaking of candy, wasn't we, weren't we talking the other day? See, we talk too much about fattening food on the show. That's why I'm still fat. Not that I'm eating any of it, but I am. But remember I was talking about how now it's really big. I mean, they started this a few years ago, but now every kind of candy bar that's ever been invented has got an ice cream that's loaded. In fact, the ones up here, like in a liter, which is a little more than a quart, we figured out, it, it shows you on the package more than two bars of whatever you know kind of candy it is are in here, two full bars crunched up in, the, in there. Okay. Guess what candy? Guess what candy? And I, I don't want to admit that I had any. Has got its own ice cream. Smarties. The, the, that, the, they do have that, but I mentioned that the other day. Score. <laughs> Oh, well, this yeah. isn't that going to be just like and, a Heath and of course, bar there's crunch? also a Heath. There's a Heath bar crunch uh, ice cream that's been out for a long time. Right, the Ben and Jerry's thing. So isn't that going to be like real similar to that? No, they had to change that name, didn't they? To what? To English ben coffee and, ben crunch. And Joe's? Oh, I don't know. No, the flavor. I think Heath bar is. Oh, I, uh, I know the one you're talking about. Crunch. It's pretty good. You put it. You put that in the microwave, uh, and then all the uh, toffee in there starts melting mm, into the ice cream. Oh, my God. About 35 seconds for a pint, okay? Take it from the expert. 35 seconds on high in your microwave, and then you just, when you put your spoon in it, and the spoon starts, like, leaning over a little bit, then you know it's cooked. To, it's cooked. It's, it's melted. That's your to thermometer. Distance. That's right. Stick it right in your... Rectum. Yeah, don't use the rectal thermometer, please. Not in your ice cream. Not a good idea. Ice cream, you scream. We all scream when we found out it was the wrong thermometer. Man. Score ice cream. An experience that will leave you... Breathless, as Jerry Lee Lewis would say. And guess who wrote Breathless? Otis uh, Black. Blackwell. Well, who was? Black, Black, and he's dead. And he was he's well. He's 70, and he's dead. He was Until great. He, he was great. If he wrote all of Don't Be Cruel, what was the other Elvis stuff he wrote? I forget, but he's dead anyway. I he forgot was already. outstanding. Otis was, see, those, those guys back there in those days, Fats Waller and Fats Domino and all those all those Schwarzes, they were the best. They were the, they were the real, uh, the R&B crowd. See, Bill Haley had that little, uh, that strange uh, curly cue there, what they call those, spit, uh, spit the thing. Spit curl. Know what they called him? That's what it was, a spit curl. Right. Great balls of fire, fever. I'm looking at this a bit again. Yeah. Well, they're spreading it out. Okay. Well, I think we I think we covered that adequately yesterday. You seem to be extremely oh. worked up about this because you got a lucky stab, and it turned out the guy is black. But you know something? It really don't make any difference one way or the other because, first of all, the music was still great. And secondly, in spite of all your protestations, he's still dead. 21 before 11 at 560 WQM. we got the mad dog, the hostile hound coming along at 1 o'clock, Jim Mandich. Hank Goldberg at three, the uh, pregame at six thirty. Go out there to the ballpark and see Psychopath. You'll be it'll be easy to find him. He'll have one uh, section all to himself, and so will you too. Padres in town to play the uh, South Florida baseball team. Game time is seven oh five. Eddie K after the baseball and the Dirty Boys. Joe and Mark overnight talking about breasts and the armpits and eating ass. How'd you like to have a big one? Speaking of the Dirty Boys, we're talking of course about a big, impressive, worthwhile paycheck. If you'd like to have one, if you'd like to be able to have a few bucks so you can do whatever the hell you want to do, and maybe you can afford to get laid once in a while, even respectably. 
Then Fast Train can help you achieve all those things you want in a brand new career, and they can help you do that in just four short months, too. You can literally double the size of yours, your paycheck, by becoming a computer professional before the summer is over. Fast Train offers Microsoft certified instructors, no payments for a full year, job placement assistance, day and evening classes, too. And, of course, now because they've got four convenient locations in Dave Broward, including that brand new one in highly congested Kindle, there's no excuse to wait anymore, okay? We've been talking about these until you're blue in the face. So call these people right now. There's no obligation. Call them toll-free at 1-866-FAST-TRAIN or check out their uh, website if you want to get more info at FastTrain.com. Fast Train can really have you certified and ready for that new career in as little as four months. So instead of settling you for a small, puny one, get yourself a big, impressive paycheck by calling Fast Train and getting started on that training to a great job right away. Call 1-866-FAST-TRAIN. And don't forget, all Fast Train locations are licensed by the State Commission for Independent... For more information... Hey, on the Radio 560 QAM. Can't beat that gator meat. Good morning, ladies. Baby, that's all we need. We can go to the park, tap the dog, smoke that tumbleweed. As the marijuana burn, we can take our turn. Singing them dirty rap songs. Stop and hit the ball like See, I met this woman from Hawaii, stuck it in her 
titties busted open with a wire punch. That, that Colonel Sanders' wife in the state of Kentucky. She said, I brought some chicken and you just me. Uh. in her mouth. It was a crisis. I gave her my secret blend of herbs and spices. Go for five and two zigzags. Baby, that's all we need. Come oh. We can go to the ball, bat the dogs, smoke that tumbleweed. And as the marijuana burn, we can take our turn. Singing them dirty rap songs. Stop and hit the lung like Cheech and Chong. The still taste from here to Hong Kong. So roll, roll, roll my joint. Pick out the seeds and stems. Fill it high as hell. We gotta commend George for a great job of editing that thing out. It only took him about what six years to get all the bleeps in there. It was a labor of love. You don't hear those sirens, do you? Again, I outside do. my window. We do. Uh, all right, good sound right. effects, man. They're for real. Anyway, we got 205 votes on our survey. Which one of these people would you most like to pull the swish on? OJ 78, Andrea Yates 35. I mean, there's no contest. We knew in the beginning he'd win by a landslide, but that's okay. We can never stick it to his ass enough. Andrew Yates, 35, Susan Smith, 33, John Walker, Lynn, 20, Father Shanley, 17, Father Gagan, 12, Luca Skywalker Helder, the mailbox bomber. And I see most people don't know who that is still. They don't know who the hell that is. Two's got fresh. eight. And Pam Smart, yeah, he was a little too fresh. Pam Smart and Robert Blake each have one. See, I, I got a perfect punishment, by the way, for Luke. Lock him in a room with Father Shanley and Father Gagan hey. for about six months. Yeah, although he's a little old months. for them, don't you think? Well, he looked, he's 21 going on. He looks like about 16, I would say. I think he's like on the upper edge of their limit, on the outer limits. But, of course, if they're locked in there, I guess they'd have to make do. Maybe they could shave him up. Can't you see the hissy fight over that? <laughs> oh, man. They could turn him into like a human sandwich. He could be like the meat in the middle of the sandwich. Well, anyway, you can just use your own imagination. But I, no, thanks. See, I don't have any sympathy, and you know it's just a matter of time because already you're starting here and you were reading to me some of the stuff from different articles this morning before the show about, well, he seemed so nice and he was laid back and he never stole a freight train, and we have to examine, you know, what was in that weed that he was smoking and how did he listen to one too many Kurt Cobain records and all this other ho horse crap, you know. It's just so basic and simple, and the fact is that this society takes things that are so elementary, my dear Watson, and make it into like this big, complex song. There's nothing complex about it. If you can't teach your children the basic difference between right and wrong, with or without any religious hullabaloo or consequences that go along with it, if you have to like have some threatened threat of punishment, then there's no hope for the human race. If you have to threaten that you're going to burn in hell if you break one of the commandments or some of that horse crap. Nobody believes that anyway. That's got a brain. So that's what it really boils down to, just knowing the basic difference. Like when a dog walks out in the, you know, in the middle of the road, runs out in the road, and you're driving. You don't, like, run it over. You know, you do your best to avoid it. They're just certain basic things, just because, uh, you know, it's common basic decency. God, I think that was a good idea. And we can also put cardinal law in there, like, supervised, okay, since we got this story next. Cardinal law answers questions from victims, lawyers, and civil lawsuits yesterday. He'll be back again tomorrow, by the way, for more for part two. And how come they're calling him Bernard now? I thought his name was Bernard. Uh, people do that, and I don't know why. And I don't know if there's two ways of saying it, but I've always heard that. He, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm looking at this picture. And this is from the Boston Globe. He looks like a St. Bernard. Yeah, he's got jowls. Yeah, he's got big, fat jowls. Cardinal Bernard Law maintained under oath yesterday that he relied on the advice of doctors and subordinates when he approved the transfer of a priest accused of sexually abusing children to a new parish. There isn't one word that comes out of his mouth that I believe. <laughs> Law was ordered to answer questions from the attorney for 86 people who filed civil lawsuits alleging law in the Boston Archdiocese, which he heads, was negligent in supervising pedophile defrock priest John Gagan and failed to prevent abuse, which we all know. Everybody with an IQ larger than their goddamn thumbnail knows it's true, including you Catholics out there who continue to subsidize this crap. 
The deposition was ordered at the Archdiocese last week, backed out of a settlement with the Gagan victims that would have been worth up to $30 million. Law, who has withstood repeated calls for his resignation from people who say he's mishandled the sex abuse cases, arrived at the downtown courthouse amid heavy security. Can't imagine why, can you? No. Why? I mean, after all, he's a man of the cloth. The closed-door deposition opened with his attorney, Wilson Rogers, Jr., no relation, by the way, making a standing objection to the questioning, saying the inquiry into the inner workings of the church was inappropriate. <laughs> oh, brother. Okay. The inquiry into the inner workings of the church was inappropriate. None of your business. Yeah. Or as the Mad Dog would say, if you say something negative about Dan Marino, it's disrespectful. That's his favorite word. This is inappropriate. Under questioning, Law explained that he was both a U.S. citizen and a citizen of the Vatican. As a cardinal, he is technically a prince. He said uh. he only recently learned of that status. Maybe you'd like to hang out with Prince. Kenneth Masmacho, Prince or Cardinal Law? That's going to be our poll question tomorrow. But I must say that it hasn't been something that I've been conscious of in the past 17 years, Law said, according to an 88-page transcript of the morning session released by attorneys for the plaintiffs. It has been suggested that Law could enjoy diplomatic immunity from civil lawsuits because did you realize that he's a dual citizen? No, I did not. Until yes, now. he's a citizen of the U.S. of A., and he's a citizen of a fraudulent country, the Vatican, which has its own national status. You are aware of that. The Vatican I, I is am a aware of that. Pseudo nation, yes. Right. A scam. So he could go there and have like diplomatic immunity and go out there and hang out and hide. What a crock. Hang out, probably hang out with the Swiss guard. Boy, they sure are pretty. William Gordon, an attorney for the plaintiff's challenge. See, and you know, I'm thinking about this. Uh, what's his name again? See, I don't know what his name is. The uh, kid, the bomber. Helder. Oh, Luke. Well, that should be easy to remember. Just think of Star Wars. I'm thinking about Luke. And I'm sure that somebody out there would be saying to me, you know, if he was like cute, if he looked real cute, if he looked like uh, Tom Welling, you wouldn't be talking about frying his ass. You'd talk, be talking about doing something else with it. And maybe they might have a point. But then we'd fry his ass. William Gordon, an attorney for the plaintiff's challenge law about why he approved Gagan's transfer in 1984, even though he'd received letters and other evidence of abuse by Gagan. See, and what I just said was true, though. You know, we, uh, we've talked about that. We always sympathize more with people that look good. Right. You know, for example, if Susan Smith or Andrew Yates, either one of them had been a real hot babe, you wouldn't be having that real hostile attitude right now. Or if Pamela Smart. No. Oh, I'll like tell Andrew you, Yates I, I with, she... with five kids, I don't, I don't know how attractive you can be to look over that. I, I would say kind of like Elsie the Borden Cow. Anyway, Law said he didn't recall reading letters warning about Gagan's behavior and that doctor said Gagan was not a threat. <laughs> I'm sure that the medical assurance was given, Law said. Whether it was subsequently put in writing in an earlier form given orally, I cannot say. But I can say without a shadow of a doubt... <laughs> That the letter would never have been put before me for a signature had we not the assurance of someone competent to give that assurance that the assignment was safe. Right. We're going to send him somewhere where he'll be safe. Just like that meeting at Louis in the Bronx where he'll be safe. Yeah, he'll be Acknowledged safe. Over. <laughs> How's Salazzo doing? And McCloskey. Try the veal, boys. It's the best in the city. He acknowledged, however, that the Archdiocese had no written policy on handling allegations of sex abuse by priests at the time. Gagan is currently serving a 9- to 10-year prison term after being convicted of sexually molesting a boy. He's been accused of molesting more than 130 children. The deposition of law is a legal rarity for someone of such high church ranking. And look at that, they're coming to take him away again. There goes another goddamn ambulance. Law said he didn't remember reading a letter from Margaret Gallon, a relative of seven alleged Gagan victims, who had expressed disbelief that the church gave Gagan another chance at St. Brendan's Parish in Boston. Nor did he recall a letter from Bishop John Darcy warning him that Gagan was unfit to be reassigned. He doesn't remember that. Right. However, Law did say he recognized his handwriting on a note forwarding one of Gallant's letters to Bishop Thomas Daly, one of his subordinates, with instructions, urgent, please follow through. Oh, I wish we had that. I do have that. Foreigner and urgent? You do have that. I do have that, but I'm too lazy to reach over and get it. In the 1984 letter, it's much easier to play. It's a much shorter reach. 
1984 uh, letter, Gallant alleged Gagan had abused seven people while at St. Andrew's Parish in Roxbury. It's just impossible for him not to have remembered that letter, said the Gagan victim, Mark Keene, who attended the deposition. I found that the Cardinal had some selective amnesia. Oh, I love that term. <laughs> we, we work for somebody like that who's always got selective amnesia. Don't say anything, and I'm sure you won't. Oh, and by the way, Greg, if you're listening, I got the strawberries, the ones you've been looking for. He's been running up and down the hall last two weeks, rolling those steel balls in his hand looking for the strawberries. I just had a few here during the last break. Sliced strawberries. God, I just love strawberries, you know? I mean, why the hell do you have to eat ice cream and all that other crap for something sweet when you got delicious sliced strawberries? Man, I got them anyway. Mitch Garabedian, the attorney, he's kind of a sleazeball, too, that lawyer. He looks like Maddie Bell on a bad day. He's kind of an ambulance chaser. But nevertheless, he happens to be right in this case. He, he fell into a bucket of crap. So you go, boy. Mitchell Garabedian, an attorney for the Gagan victim, said law had been quiet and seemed sad during the questioning. Law's deposition is scheduled to continue all day tomorrow and Monday at the Archdiocese Chancery in Boston. He gave a lot of his standard speeches, his standard responses to the situation Garabedian be saying. Law's lawyer declined to comment. Law repeatedly emphasized that he had relied on the judgment of others. He said he was prompted to assign Gagan to a new parish on the advice of two doctors, even though both lacked proper credentials in sex abuse matters and one had been accused in the civil lawsuit of molesting one of his patients. Oh, read that again, please. Oh, please read that again. I'm squeezing myself. Law repeatedly emphasized that he had relied on the judgment of others. Law has said he was prompted to assign Gagan a new parish on the advice of two doctors, even though both lacked proper credentials in sex abuse matters, and one had been accused in a civil lawsuit of molesting one of his patients. Let's hear it. All right. All right let's hear it for the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. See, if you get upset about these things, you might as well just blow your brains out, you know? 1056 at 560 WQM. Time to refresh with a nice... I bet you it's coming today. I bet you I'm going to have a bunch of champion light when I get off the air. There'll be a message down there. You got some packages. That's right. Packages of delicious, refreshing champion light. If you're like overwhelmed and overcome, not just by the South Florida heat, but by all these pressing issues of the day, by all this insanity in the world in which we live, then cool off with champion light. It's the great new sports drink. And you know something I mentioned before about that Pepsi Blue they're coming out with this summer? Champion light beat them to the punch. Because they got that brand new blue raspberry, which I'm sure is exactly what they're talking about, without all the fizz in there. There's no fizz in Champion Light, so you don't have like your stomach churning all day. Just great, delicious taste, all the electrolytes you need after a workout, and no crap. They're using sucralose now, which really goosed up the taste. It tastes fantastic in all six flavors of Champion Light. You've got orange and lemon lime and grape and fruit punch and brand new lemonade and that blue raspberry, which is just delicious. So instead of drinking Gatorade and the other crap that's loaded with all kinds of sugar and calories and carbs, try Champion Light. No sugar, no carbs, no calories, no crap, and certainly no sorbitol either. Pick it up at your favorite uh, store if you want to find out where to uh, get Champion Light. All you got to do is get a hold of Jay Fiedler out there in the practice field. Are they practicing? I sure hope not. Uh, he's the spokesman. That's right, Jay Fiedler. Maybe someday you can make $25 million and get ears as big as his. Or just look up their website. They'll tell you exactly where to be going. Champion Light, L-Y. Beach and Coral Springs, 14 South Florida stores. The Neil Rogers Show on 560 WQAM, Miami, Fort Lauderdale. I like it. I like it. Hello, this is Bob Guccione, publisher of Penthouse, the magazine for men who can't seem to get a real woman. In our next issue, I'm proud to say we are presenting pictures of that sexy Russian tennis star with the size 36C breasts, the lovely Anna Kornikova. Oh, she really turns me on. Oh, does she turn me on? Oh, oh uh, now, I'm sure you've heard that lawyers for Miss Kornikova say that those honking headlights in Penthouse aren't hers. 
Well, I'm looking at these photos right now, and oh, I am one extremely turned on 71-year-old porn peddler. Oh, I am so turned on. And uh, oh, 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 well, let me ask you this. Does it matter if the sexy pictures of this gorgeous young topless thing are Anna Kornikova or not? Of course it doesn't. The point is, they're hot. Oh, cool, they're so hot. Oh, I'm Bob Guccione for Penthouse, the magazine that's fun to read in the outhouse. Oh, it's occupied. Give me a few more minutes. I heard there were really pictures of Janet Reno. I could be wrong. 1102 at 560 WQM. It's thundering, it's lightning, it's cloudy, it's raining. It's uh, great. I got the window open for some good sound effects. Oh! Let's hear it. See, one thing about spring in the northern hemisphere, at least in the uh, North America, is that every day is like something different. Follow what I'm saying? A little variety as opposed to every day it's like 92 and hot and humid and you're schwitzing right. your brains out. Not that I'm putting down the weather any place because it's uh, not a good day here. I have no complaints, though. I want you to know. Can you hear that? No. Oh, that? Yeah. Thunder. Thunder and lightning, baby. So maybe the power will go out and I'll have to go out to lunch early. Anyway, uh, this is good. This is some good stuff here. Queen in Rhapsody over Hit Award. London. British rock band Queen's enduring hit, Bohemian Rhapsody, has been named the nation's favorite single of all time. Oh! That's not a surprise, is it? No. Now, how about when we did that long, uh, that lengthy thing, which we might have to do again very soon, by the way. I enjoyed that. Although I enjoyed the thing with the um, themes that we did a couple days ago. That went over like a pregnant pole vault around the 4th of July in Miami Beach. Wasn't that yesterday? We did it yesterday? Oh, the pole with the themes. Right. I thought you were just talking about know. playing. I'm lost. I'm lost. No, I, I, whatever it was. I'm just saying, we, we, I tried to reprise that by playing those themes, and just that uh, nobody had any interest, as I told you. British rock band Queen's enduring hit Bohemian Rhapsody has been named the nation's favorite single of all time. The song beat John Lennon's Imagine to claim the top slot in the poll organized by the Guinness World Records British Hit Singles book. What did you say? Well, I, I was just going to ask myself that question. The, the Guinness World Records British Hits book. Singles book. The Guinness say World Records fast. British Hit Singles Book. Well, they have to say it slowly. You have to enunciate. What was that word I learned before? Comestibles. Oh, I love that. I thought that was the, the people on the Bill Cosby show. Bohemian Rhapsody, a six-minute epic which was aided in its... Oh, so I, what I was starting to say before I interrupted myself with that crap which we both got lost on, when we did the poll on the music, um, it was a Stairway to Heaven, as usual, came out on top, right? Correct. But wasn't Bohemian Rhapsody way to hell up there also? It ranked very well, but Stairway to Heaven always wins in America. Whenever the rock I don't, want, I don't want to hear Stairway to Heaven, okay? I don't oh, want to hear it ever again. No. In fact, you know something? I don't want to hear Bohemian Rhapsody again either. I still like it. I mean, it was it was great, but I just uh, I don't want to hear it. Bohemian Rhapsody, a six-minute epic which was aided in its appeal by one of the first videos, first topped the U.K. charts in 1975, and we've all seen it a million times. Back when Freddie Mercury was still alive, by the way. I remember that. It did so again in 1991 when a fundraising version was released following the death of the band singer Freddie Mercury. There's my psychic powers again acting up, although I did see that. It also gained further appeal in 1992 and it appeared in one of the most memorable scenes in the American comedy film, Wayne's World. Wayne's World. The band's guitarist, Brian May, said it's become a classic phenomenon and no one, and one which no one will ever allow us to forget. Boy, they sure get carried away, don't they, those Brits? Too much of that royalty crap, too much pomp and circumcised. They sure get emotional, just like with Diana and the Queen Mum. They get so emotional about crap. You know, it's sad when somebody dies like that, but when somebody gets to be 101, there's nothing sad about it. Get it over with already. Toward the end, she couldn't see a goddamn thing she couldn't hear. She was like a, like a breathing vegetable there. Put her out of her misery. Bohemian Rhapsody was the first single to go to number one twice in the same version. Did you know that? No. Followed earlier this year by George Harrison's My Sweet Lord, which is on the charts in Britain at 49. 
That's because he died. He died. See, there's a good lesson for all you would-be musicians out there. Make yourself a pretty uh, good record. Then if you die, especially prematurely, then it'll come back and be bigger than ever. Like all Elvis's stuff. Bigger now than ever when he was alive. Right. I mean, yeah. he had gigantic hits, number ones, etc. But now it's like bigger than life itself. Who the hell ever wanted to go to Graceland when he was alive, when it could actually see him in the flesh when he was living? Nobody wanted to go there. But now that he's dead, everybody slept in a Graceland. Anyway... Bohemian Rhapsody is also the only song to have hit the Christmas number one slot twice, and because it straddled the New Year period, has been number one in four different years. Wow. It has spent a total of 14 weeks at the top of the charts. Again, keep in mind, that's the Brit charts we're talking about, I'm assuming, because this is uh, taken from, uh, it's on CNN.com, but it's definitely a Brit thing. May and Queen drummer Roger Taylor were presented with an award by British hit, oh, see, there you go again, British hit singles book editor David <laughs> Roberts at London's Dominion <laughs> Theatre yesterday. Well, I, I said it right. They were presented an award by British hit singles book editor. Did I do something wrong? Nope. I didn't hear Pat get all bent out of shape. Of course, he's busy looking at the lineups for the baseball game tonight. He's filling out his scorecard already. He's getting a head start. Leading off. Yeah. Get out of here with that crap, okay? Next to be doing Bob Shepard imitations. And by the way, you know, Bob, you're a great guy, and we love the voice and everything. But Bob Shepard just turned 103. He's even older than the Queen Mum. Time to hang it up, Bob, okay? And by the way, the Yankees are mediocre at best. May said the song was apparently so far of any rival that even months before the deadline, his position in the new poll was unimpeachable. Thank you, people, for the memory. In other words, it was like O.J. on our survey today. So far ahead that the result is beyond doubt, beyond question. Robert said Queen is a band whose achievements are legendary. No band apart from the Beatles has had more top ten hit singles. Now, that wouldn't be true here, though, would it? No. Fats Domino, Elvis Presley. A lot of bands had more than... Um, I could look that up in a book, but maybe I will during the break. I don't want to waste your valuable time here. Oh, by the way, let me interrupt myself because I almost forgot. Look for the QAM van from now to 1230 at Verizon Wireless at 13256 Biscayne Boulevard because Miguel is there. He's got our usual crappy prizes. Maybe if you're nice, he'll let you spin it. Spin the QAM veal. That's now to 1230 at Verizon Wireless, 13256 Biscayne Boulevard. Now, what were you just going to mumble? I was going to say, yes, you should look it up because now I'm curious. Ah, you realized how far I had to reach for the book. About two feet. How about Madonna? No. Since I just happened to open that page. It's getting too close to lunchtime to talk about Madonna. Another classic example of hype. Don't give me a song to dance about Madonna, okay? You're barking up the wrong tree if you're going to peddle me Madonna. Queen, here you go. Top ten hits. Uh, position, let's see. Bohemian Rhapsody. You know that that only got as high as number nine in the States? No, I didn't know that. Nine. We... We are the champions, which if I have to hear that again, oh, I'm going to puke. Four. But Crazy Little Thing Called Love was number one for four weeks. Another One Bites the Dust was number one for three weeks. Um, Queen and David Bowie, well, that doesn't count, does it? Yeah, because sure, redid, it counts for both of them. They redid Bohemian Rhapsody made it number two for a week. But that, but they didn't have a whole bunch of uh, top, what, what did it say again? They had more top ten hits than any other group other than the Beatles. Uh, well, not in the U.S., not in the States. See, in England, they revere the queen. Here we like, uh, you know, they're okay, but we don't worship the queen. It was really miles ahead of the opposition, but it's interesting looking down the list where there's a good mixture of old and new, unlike many polls, which seem to have an imbalance of hits from the last two years. Our readers voted across all six decades of the single chart, making it the most definitive top 100 ever. More than 31,000 people voted in the poll of readers of the reference book. Half of the top ten is by Lennon and the Beatles, whose high entries are... Why, why do they say high entries? Why can't they just tell us what number? You bastards, you. CNN sucks. Whose high entries are Hey Jude, Penny Lane slash, slash Strawberry Fields Forever, which was on uh, one single, both sides, Yesterday and Let It Be. In all, the Beatles managed seven of the top 100. Well, that's not such a big deal. 
not putting the Beatles down, of course, but seven out of a hundred isn't that big of a deal, would you think? No, not for them. In England? The most recent single in the top ten is Robbie Williams, unfortunately, Angels, while the Spice Girls first hit, <laughs> Wannabe, is in the upper reaches of the chart with the groups uh, to become one at seven, number 78 and their final release, Holler, at 82. American acts also are featured, including three entries by Elvis. Suspicious Minds is number 14, Heartbreak Hotel 40, uh, 48, and Jailhouse Rock 94. Two by Michael Jackson. Oh, Jesus. Mm. I told you they worship queens. Billy Jean 15 and Thriller 26. And the Eagles Hotel California 17. The British punk scene of the 1970s is represented twice by the Sex Pistols with God Save the Queen. See, every song over there that's big has got something to do with some queen. It's either sung by a queen or it's about a queen. And Johnny Rotten's a queen. There you go. Sex Pistols with God Save the Queen at 65. How's he doing, by the way? He's due to be released later this year to mark the Golden Jubilee and Anarchy at the UK at 96 by and by Teenage Kicks from the Undertones at 74. Okay. Well, it was interesting for a while, and then as we started getting into that real Brit crap, it got kind of boring. When we're going to hear that Luke record, Luke Helper, the the Luke could be Helper, the one that they were playing yesterday just to make fun of him because he did all that stuff. See, I don't find anything amusing about that story. To me, it's cut and dried. 18 cases of attempted murder, life in jail. That's that, it. That's a good way of putting him to death, as a matter of fact, now that you mention it. Cut Can and, you imagine how much of the taxpayer money we could save if they would just make me the uh, king of the universe and just sit me up there with those flowing robes? I'd look good in that. covers up your fat real good. I'd look real good with those black robes. Put that goddamn Judge Judy to shame, I'll tell you that. And even that Wapner, forget about him. He's old news. He's dead meat. Oh, and Rusty died. We, did we have that on the air or not? Rusty. A couple weeks ago. Rusty from, uh, from Wapner. Wapner. No, I didn't know that. He died. See, I, I think maybe that was on a weekend that happened. And we somehow, we try to get the good obituaries here on the Neil Rogers Show because when you do the show in a town, it's dead as a doornail anyway. So it fits right in. Rusty's dead. What a shame. If you don't know who Rusty is, you ain't crap because on, uh, on Judge Wapner, he was the, uh, what do they call it? Bailiff. The bailiff. Very good, the bailiff. But was he a comestible? <laughs> Twelve minutes now. before, not, not if you ask me. Twelve minutes uh, after eleven at five sixty WQM. Come on, we got a lot of good stuff, important stuff here. We're wasting a lot of time on the, the Bohemian Rhapsody. Let's play it. You know, Mother's Day is coming up in just a couple of days. This Sunday, this year, more than ever, we invite you to show mom your real love and appreciation by sending her something worthwhile. A Vermont teddy bear. Your mom, wife, or grandma will receive a beautiful little bear made in Vermont and delivered with a free card and candy and a fun gift box. Just call a bear counselor at toll-free 1-800-829-BEAR. They'll help you tailor a bear just for her so she'll know you put some real thought into your gift. Ask about the new Spa Ma bear when you call. Or ask about the Mama's Boy with a heart-shaped tattoo. Dad, don't forget, it's your job this year and every year to get a gift for Mom from the kids. And the Mother and Cub set is perfect. You can add as many cubs as needed, depending, of course, how many kids you have. Legal ones that everybody knows about with their little names on the outfits. It's a lot more personal than flowers, and of course, unlike flowers, it'll last a lifetime. So call 1-800-829-BEER. Delivery is still guaranteed by Mother's Day, no problem at all. It only takes a few minutes to order. You can even send the bear right to the orifice if you prefer. Give her a gift this Mother's Day she'll remember forever from the Vermont Teddy Bear Company. Be sure and tell them that crusty old Neil, that old fag on the radio, told you to call 1-800-829-BEER. That's 1-800-829-IDRIN.COM. Ken Kaplan, weeknights at 10 on Sports Radio 560 QAM. Please, enough talking. Open choir of people 
Sport. Here we go. Okay, we fell into a bucket of crap here with this book about the top ten thing. But in the meantime... He has a brother who is still a resident of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Father Shanley's bail hearing is going on. His attorneys asked them to reduce the bail from the $750,000 so they can cut him loose. His colleagues are all in Massachusetts. I say what we do is like hang him uh, from a noose for about an hour and a half, and then we'll go and cut him loose. Just like they did with Mussolini. Remember that? I remember. I bet you were there. Your Honor, I was taking the pictures. That has substantial roots here in the Yeah, he's got roots. That was Alex Haley. You got the wrong guy. So look what I found. Is What's that? Oh. Top 40 Artist Achievements. See, it's in this book. I'd say these billboard books, if you're a music person, the billboard book of Top 40, complete chart information about the artist and their songs, 1955 to the present. This one goes through 2000. Top 40 Artist Achievements. Now, the most top 10 singles, and of course, this is the U.S. We don't care about the British stuff. Nobody here, even those Brits out there who listen to this show, those silly-ass Brits who are busy with their queens, they don't care. They want to know about the U.S. That's where the real music is. Plus, of course, in the, the uh, on the uh, mainland continent, not in England. Well, they got a few. They got A1. Oh, and A1's going to be released in the States this summer, I'm hearing. Oh! And a lot of other stuff. That, and I'm going to say it again. Kid Curry, if you'd have been playing that uh, European music that we've been bringing here for the last several months, maybe you wouldn't be crapping your pants now that POYM is sucking away so much of that audience. All of that music that we brought, that they're playing, by the way, over there on Disney Station and getting that gigantic uh, audience. No, I wasn't, didn't, want, didn't want that over there for all those little punks that they're uh, programming to. All those loyal little punks, the ones who ran away, like about half our audience. Hey, that's okay. I'm not worried about it. Are you worried about it? I'm not worried about it. Hey, if there's anybody that like the way this show is going, they can suck my ass, okay? Because like today, for example, I love the tone of this show. I love it. You don't like the tone of the show today? I most love it. top tens, most top ten. Yeah, you don't have to suck around, okay? Your job is safe until the next time they bring that up. I don't know. I love it. Most top. Yeah, he, you love it because you're not doing anything because you're sitting on your ass there filling out your lineup card for the baseball game tonight, not having to talk to assholes on the telephone. The two one like pitch. Those others, like those idiots on those sports nerd shows. My God. Fly ball to center field. On our worst days, boy, you talk about the callers that we've had, and believe me, we've had some of the worst morons in the history of the human race. On our worst days, we can't come close to those sports nerds, those illiterate one-dimensional morons. And now those baseball people who do, every year, month after month, every time we get to this time of the year, since there's nothing else going on, it's the limbo period. Oh, yeah, well, we had a great time. Just like uh, Psychopath there, give me a song and dance. What a good time he had at that game last night. I'm happy for him. I'm glad. I hope you have an even better time tonight. Fly ball or deep right? Runs. Yeah. Up, up, and away. Yeah, he's pretty exciting. No wonder they don't have anybody out there. Jesus, they, they stuck Joe Angel in the back. You know, see, this is the thing that amazes me, you know. Like I keep saying, there's that certain element of the people, like like Psychopath and Norma Kent, who are overgrown children, and no matter how many times they stab you in the back, you keep going back for more punishment. Just like me with the Panthers, they've dismembered that organization. I live five minutes from the goddamn arena. They build it right close by my house just so it would be convenient. I get free tickets, I've got great seats, and i got news for you. How many times did I go this season? A handful. Just a small handful. Because I'm not getting sucked in with that phony dog and pony show they're putting on. What's the point? You could take a book and a flashlight there and have a better time than uh, watching that product they put out there on the ice that they call a hockey team. And by the way, last night, Don Cherry and Coach's Corner, between the first and second period of the Leafs-Ottawa game, which the Leafs won 2-1, to one, by the way, oh! said that right now Scott Mellonby is the best player in the NHL right now. Not good enough for the Panther organization, which they basically gave him away to St. Louis, but right now he's playing outstanding. Got six goals in the playoffs already. Nice going, Scott. Yeah, he found out who the real rats were in that organization, okay? 
Most top ten singles now it's pretty obvious who although you know something that's pretty close. I bet you're gonna be surprised at this. Oh I'm hanging on. You're gonna be amazed. Elvis thirty eight, the Beatles thirty four, Madonna thirty two. Mm. Stevie Wonder twenty eight. This is most singles in the top ten since they've been recording these charts. Elton John number five. Michael Jackson twenty seven. Oh, and Janet Jackson, 25, isn't that? Right there together, partners in crime. I still say it's the same person. Rolling Stones, we're making that big comeback tour, baby. They're only, they just turned 86. All of them. Rolling Stones, 23. Paul McCartney, 22. Whitney Houston, 22. Miss George Michael, 21. Mariah Carey and the Supremes in Chicago, each have 20. Rick Nelson had 19. Prince with 19. Ooh. Pat Boone, 18. And I'll tell you one thing, I'll say it again, I don't give a crap what a right-wing son of a bitch he turned out to be, a real major asshole and a phony, by the way. Well, remember he was doing that thing, that Guns N' Roses crap? Right. To try to make a comeback? We're in a lot of leather. One thing about those born-again Christians, man, they would stab their grandma in the back to make 15 bucks easy. Marvin Gaye, 18. Did I say Pat Boone, 18, like Love Letters in the Sand? Uh, and he, he did the whistling on that song, too, by the way, on Dot Records. I just mentioned that in passing a little trivia there for you. Anybody care about that? No. Or Urethra Franklin, 17. When I see Marvin Gaye had 18, I haven't got the Beach Boys yet, that you're trying to give me a song and a dance. Urethra 17, that'll make Hank happy. Rod Stewart and the Temptations each had 16, as did Holland Floats and Connie Francis. How's Connie? They let her out yet? Is she still alive, by the way? Connie Francis? Yeah. I didn't hear that she died. Poor Connie. I like Connie Francis. I mean, her songs were, you know, kind of schmaltzy, and they were like, uh, you're not supposed to, if you're a respectable human being, then you're not supposed to say you like Connie Francis. But I like Connie Francis because I'm not a respectable guy, so what do I care? Did you like Connie Francis? Just fine, as far as those uh, kind of singers go. Right. I'm, I'm not saying... That, that's what I'm trying to point out. I'm not, not groundbreaking, kind of but she was just fine. I, I didn't right dislike her. Everybody, somebody's fool. Yeah, you know, what's wrong what with that? Was. It's uh, schmaltzy. I mean, Psychopat wouldn't like that, because he's a, you know, a schmuck. I like Ron Francis. Will you stop with the hockey talk? Trying to impress me. Quit sucking around. It doesn't work on this show, okay? Impress. In fact, you can you can really be a wizard on those sports talk shows because other than Gelly, there's nobody in the building would know a goddamn hockey puck from a uh, from their shoe. What a disgrace! Sports station. And as a matter of fact, I did. I say I don't want to start picking on him again because we have that truce going on right now. So I'm not picking on anybody in particular. But during the time I was sitting here this morning preparing for the show, I didn't hear anything other than the scores, just passing reference during the updates. I heard no comment. About the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs, about the Leafs winning last night and Colorado evening up their series four to one. I heard nothing. And granted, hockey's not a big subject in South Florida, but Jesus, you you baseball people like psychopath that want to keep you know trying to trying to push something nobody cares about. We don't care. Get get over it. Grab all the short. Yeah, right through his legs. Oh look at that! He hit it in his rectum. It's the old hidden ball trick again. Wild pitch. I didn't know Bill Buckner played shortstop. Let's see, BG's 15, the Beach Boys 15, Marvin Gaye had 18, Beach Boys 15. What I tell you, George? That proves it. Okay. Four Seasons 15, Olivia Newton-John 15, who married uh, Mike. Oh, you know something that's bothering me a lot? What? I'll tell you after the break. Remind me about <laughs> okay. Olivia Newton-John. No, seriously, it's disturbing me tremendously. Hey, it's a good thing we got sidetracked with that uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, those Brits. Always love my Brits. Oh, God, I want to hear that over and over again, at least till 1 o'clock. 11.26 at 5.60 WQM. How'd you like to have a big one like, uh, what's his name used to, Freddie Mercury when he was alive? That's a rumor. In fact, he might have been on that list yesterday if he was still alive. That was a pretty impressive list. That thing about Sean Cassidy left me speechless and jealous. How'd you like to have a big one? Maybe not as big as Sean's. I'm talking about a paycheck. Of course, that's what we're talking about here because this is a family show. If you'd like to have one and you'd like to start making your life like a little more meaningful with some cash to do the things you want to do, then Fast Rank can help you do it. They can help you achieve a brand new career in just four months. 
You can double the size of your paycheck by becoming a computer professional before the summer's over. So if you're at a dead-end job, if you're working for a real major asshole, which some of us can relate to, get yourself a great new career. Fast Train offers Microsoft certified instructors, no payments for a full year, job placement assistance, day and evening classes, with four convenient locations in Dayton Broward, including the new campus in Kendall. Now there's no more excuses for you. Call Fast Train at 866-FAST-TRAIN or check them out on the worldwide wicked web at FastTrain.com. Fast Train can have you certified and ready, honest to goodness, for a brand new career in as little as four months. So instead of settling for that small, puny, unimpressive one, get yourself a big, fat, impressive, useful paycheck by getting yourself a great career with our friends at Fast Train. Call them today. There's no obligation. They'll be ecstatic to answer any and all of your questions. Call 1-866-FAST-TRAIN, and be sure when you call, no matter who answers the phone, tell them that Todd Dreck told you to call Fast Train. Don't forget, all Fast Train locations are licensed by the... It's the Marlins and Padres tonight at the Pro. Coverage starts at 6.30 on Sports Radio 560 QAM. Holy cow. Neil Rogers is right. The Cubs suck. Crapital Records is proud to present the Elvis album everyone's been waiting for. It's Elvis in Seattle. I don't mind stealing breathing from the mouths of decadence. I'm getting hungry. Uh, hey, Red, uh, give me a cheeseburger, man, and see if the Colonel's got any leftover lasagna. I'm, I'm getting hungry. That's right. The king of rock and roll is playing the kingdom, and you've got a front row ticket. Well, Jeremy spoke in class today. Elvis covers all the great Seattle bands, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, and the one that started it all, Nirvana. Oh, man, I'm a lotto, my mosquito. Elvis is wearing flannel and rocking Seattle only on Capitol Records and Tapes. Man, spaghettios, got some Cheetos, and some Pojos, mashed potatoes. Huh. Thank you very much. You're welcome at 560 WQM. Don't step on me again, Elvis, or we're going to do something grotesque. We'll melt that wax figure of yours that's in your uh, crypt. That is just a wax figure, you understand. He's still alive. Isn't that, isn't that pathetic? Doesn't that bother you a lot? It's like the religion thing. It, no, it is a religion. It absolutely is a religion. All these, again, it's the, it's the fat housewives who don't have time to watch Oprah because they're too busy schlepping to the Graceland. Maybe he was Jesus. Could be. The second coming. And maybe they'll both come back on a uh, motorcycle. Maybe he died for our sins In on, fact, on maybe the toilet. You know something? It's Thursday. What's Thursday at the pizza loft? Bike night. That's right. Maybe they'll be coming to the pizza hall. You better go out there and have a great dinner tonight. Say hi to Jeff Cohen. In fact, if he put some sandals on, he could pass for Jesus easy. Don't well, you think? He'd have to trim those sideburns or grow In the fact, beard every out. time I see him, I always say, Jesus Christ, are you going to clean up your act or what? Those painted fingernails, that long ponytail. Before we get back to the music stuff, which I love that stuff, I don't know about the audience, and quite frankly, I don't give a crap. How's the poll coming before we get to that? Who would you most like to pull the switch on? OJ, as we knew, there was no doubt. He is off to the races. He's got 108. We'd have them lined up from here all the way to Jacksonville. And it's a lot further from here to Jacksonville than from where you are. Anyway, OJ's got 100. I hear it changing again. Hate that. 110. More than double the next closest competitor, which is Susan Smith with 52. Andrea Yates with 50. A very good race for second place between two of the most obnoxious bitches in the history of the human race. Father Shanley. And by the way, the judge is considering the arguments now. Will uh, you know He'll issue his order at some time to be determined whether they're going to reduce bail or not and let him go off to Thailand and uh, Costa Rica. Angry Yates, 50, Father Shanley, 26, Father Gagan, 23, John Walker Lynn, 22, Luke Helder, the mailbox bomber, 12. He's moving up a little bit. Luke, Luke, that's the one who had uh, 18 attempted murders, okay? 
Pamela Smith and Robert Blake still have Pamela Smart. Did I say Smith? Pamela yes. Smart and Bobby Blake each have only one apiece. See, I think you've taken care of the Robert Blake problem. Most yeah, of those sexist bastards in our audience agree with George that the bitch had it coming. She was a conniving, just obnoxious trailer trash a piece of crap. Artist. See, he, first of all, he didn't have to knock her up in the first place. I mean, he don't look like too much, but with all of his money and fame, you would have thought that he could do a little bit better than that. Maybe he, he was lied afford- to. She wouldn't tell him no lies. Not the. Uh, Not Bonnie. Bonnie Lee. Ooh, oh. see, you're right. I think you got a good. I think you got a good point. I started thinking about what she looked like and everything. The whole ambiance, Ugh. all those conga. Yeah, she deserved it. That bitch. Too bad he waited so long. Hey, here's some good news. Speaking of Janet Reno, West Wing TV president to stump for Reno in Florida. That's going to put her over the top, so to speak. No word yet on whether President Clinton will come to Florida to stump for his old attorney general, but Janet Reno may have found the next best thing, a pretend president. Uh, Martin Sheen, who plays President Josiah Bartlett, NBC's hit drama The West Wing, which I've never watched and won't, is coming to Florida. Is it a good show? I've never seen a second of it. Neither have I. I don't know why. I'm probably watching hockey games. It's coming to Florida in early June to raise money and rally votes for the real former U.S. Attorney uh, General's bid to one-seat Republican Governor Jeb Bush Reno's campaign announced this week. No chance, Janet. Sorry, no chance. I would, I'd vote for it if I was there if I felt like voting again, which I don't. But you got no, you got two chances, none, and much, 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 much less than none. No chance. Bush, of course, has already gotten millions of dollars worth of help from his brother, who just doesn't play president on TV. That's right. If you don't mind, I'll just refer to him as President Bartlett, joked Reno campaign spokeswoman Nicole Harberger, when asked for details of Sheen's visit. Mr. Sheen is a great admirer of Janet's. He believes she had tremendous record and was very impressed with her tenure as Attorney General. Sheen will host fundraisers and old-fashioned political rallies in South Florida, Orlando, and possibly one other location in the state, Harberger said. Maybe this is a harbinger of things to come. She did not offer specific dates. Reno has dipped into Hollywood before for help. She raised money in Los Angeles and attended an Oscars party with singer... I you ready? Up. I'm ready. Come on. Rocket Man. Elton John. Right. Now, what do they have in common, Janet Reno and Elton John? Ah, that's right. They both wear big, freaky glasses. I forgot. And you know something? I bet you if he was still alive, she'd have probably been there with Freddie Mercury, too, at the Oscars. Probably. Talk show host Rosie O'Donnell. You see a pattern here now? Uh-huh. Who, who is leading the charge to revoke Florida's ban on gay adoptions, which even the Brits are laughing at Florida now, like everybody else in the world, and certainly the Canadians here. Also hosted a fundraiser for her last year in Miami. Rosie O'Donnell, Elton John, and Martin Sheen. Now, at least we know Martin Sheen is a heterosexual because he's had, like, uh, children, you know, a couple of kids. So at least we think he is. Charlie Sheen, who can't get, get out of his own way. And, of course, Emilio Estevez, or as the bird used to say, Emilio Estevez. What was that good movie he was in? It wasn't a good movie, but it had a lot of those people in it. See Thomas Howell? Um... The Outsiders. The Outsiders, yes. Thank you, Pat. Yeah, the Outsiders. Very good, Pat. The Outsiders. Of course, they play baseball outside unless it's a dome stadium. So Pat can relate to that. The Outsiders. Very good. And the two-one pitch. It was a little bit morbid, though, and depressing. Tom Cruise was in that movie, too. Tom Cruise was in there. And also the kid with the eyes that are like sunken in, but he looked looked pretty good in that movie. Ralph Macchio. Uh, I was going to say that. No, no. no, He He wasn't there. He was in there, but I'm not talking about him. That kid is a punk. You know, he got married when he was about eight years old, Ralph Macchio. To Pat Morita? I think so. I think they were doing. No, he did. I'm serious. He has a wife, you know. He's got, got married when he was about like 14, 15, something very young. I don't know, something silly. Maybe that's maybe he was doing too many karate chops. Now, who's the other one I'm thinking of? That's what the, the sunken, sunken in the eyes. Uh, Matt Dillon. Yeah. No, um, he wasn't in that movie. Yes, he was. I yeah. don't think Pat must have just seen it. Matt Dillon was in The Outsiders. I got. See, I hate to break the news to you, but I'm way ahead of you. And you're right. I think you're right. But the point of the and you left out C. Thomas Hall, which is very important. You already said that. I know, but I wanted to say it again. Outlaw blues, out of order. You're out of order. 
The whole effing system's out of order. I love that scene. That is one of my favorite scenes in the history of mankind. Don't you love that? I loved it. <laughs> but I like Al Pacino. I like he picks good Al movies. I love Al Pacino. Except, of course, that one movie that you didn't see, which I hope if you live long enough you might see. Just Smells like kids. a woman. <laughs> yeah. What is it? <laughs> yeah. Could be one of the all-time worst, and certainly the worst movie he was ever in. Okay, The Outsider. Oh, no, that's not it. The Outsiders. Yes. Okay. That's still not it. Do you know how many movies there are named The Outsiders? About 100. Francis Ford Coppola's got a movie, The Outsiders? That's that's it. That's the one. Oh, that's it. I didn't know Francis Ford Coppola directed that movie. Well, Surprise. how do you like that? See, again, we learned something. My God, I'm going to have all kinds of comestibles for lunch. Patrick, or I'll, maybe, I'll invite, maybe I'll invite Luke over. We'll have combustibles. You're not thinking lunch. about Patrick Swayze, are you? If you knew how I despise Patrick Swayze, I know Swayze, how you he was despise not Patrick in this Swayze. movie. Yes, he was in a movie. Yes, he was. Can I just read the list here without your mumbling around here? I'll kill some good time. The Outsiders with C. Thomas Howell, Matt Dillon, Ralph Macchio, who it says here got married when he was three, Patrick Swayze, Rob Lowe. Right. Emilio Estevez. There were a lot of pretty boys in that movie. Tom Cruise, Glenn Withrow, Diane Lane, Leif Garrett. Oh, Leif uh. Garrett. I wonder if Tanner knows about that. Tom Waits and uh, S.E. Hinton. And it doesn't even name the one I'm talking about, but he was definitely in there. He played the, one of the... Uh, the kid that was visiting, uh, what's his name, Emilio Estevez in jail with a sunken in eyes. Somebody will fax that to us, please, 305 650 because uh, we're not answering the phone for that. You don't know who I'm talking about? No. Well, somebody will let us know. Somebody really knows their crap. He had sunken in eyes. Is... Yeah, kind of, kind of like a coon eyes. You know what I'm talking about? Like with ring around the collar, he had like ring around the eyes. As soon as we tell you, he was also in a movie called Fire Something, Fire Eater, Fire Something. Where he fire Starter? Him. Was that it? I don't know. started with a little girl. Drew Barrymore. Huh? Sorry. And the board goes back. 10 for 11.41 at 5.60 QAM. The weather's starting to get really hot again. Summer storms and the possibility of hurricanes follow soon. Get prepared for a major storm and discover what thousands of people have done to protect their homes. Call All Weather Systems. All Weather Systems has been in business for over 15 years, and they're a state-licensed FEMA project impact contractor. Well, what happens to You know, with that list that uh, people Janet's been hanging around with, I was going to suggest that maybe she's become a fag hag, but I think maybe there's one word too many in that sentence. <laughs> anyway, it's 1146 at 560 WQM. It's a good thing I don't have to depend on the audience. You didn't get any faxes about that, did you? No. You're not getting any faxes about anything, are you? About anything, no. It's been dead. Really? Although it says receiving page one right now. I don't know how I long it's been well, doing that. Too late. Craig Sheffer's the name I'm looking for. You don't know who that is, do you? I've heard that name before, but I don't know what he yeah, looks Craig like. Craig Sheffer. He was in some uh, silly movie about this... Uh, I think it was a Catholic school, and the girls' academy was like across the street, and they had this. Uh, I saw that a, movie. Yeah, they had a big dance, and he went with a girl, and yeah. they started a fire or something like that. I yeah, know that what was him. talking about. And by the time he made that movie, his eyes were like sunken in about an inch and a half, like raccoon eyes. Yeah, he was uh, he was in uh, Outsiders. Everybody was in there. Everybody who ever looked good, including and also Patrick Swayze, who never looked good. Getting back to that. Oh, and uh, also I got to get to that thing about the guns. I'll get to that next hour. Don't let me forget. Okay. About John Ashcroft and the uh, Bush administration, these champions of uh, freedom for gun nuts. Yeah, too bad. And, of course, this kid, um, Luke, 
He also, beside the six other bombs he had in the car, he had guns. And he was uh, fascinated when the cops took him out of his car when they finally got him. Uh, he was quizzing them about their firearms. He wanted to know details about this one and that gun. And uh, how's your piece? What's your piece doing? Yeah. We need a lot more guns. That's what the Bush people tell you. And it's not just because the NRA's got their office right there in the White House like they were bragging and because they got them by the balls. They control the whole goddamn government. Now, that's just a coincidence, isn't it? No. No. Most charted singles. The, th this is a very interesting page. In fact, maybe I'll just fax this page to everybody who's listening right now, which couldn't be too many because you tell me that nothing's coming in on the fax machine today. Maybe it's just a slow day. 305-650-0198. I just See, reset the, the time. Thing. What do you mean by that? Well, it was that every time I looked over there, it said receiving page one. Oh, so in other words, the machine was screwed up. up, and I'm sitting here. This is like the days when we used to take phone calls, and the phone was dead, and I thought nobody <laughs> we was, know, uh, right? yeah. Oh, I'll never forget that one day downstairs on the second oh. floor. As long as as long as I live, I mean, I'm screaming and I'm yelling and I'm practically saying uh, the seven dirty words on the air, and nothing is happening on the phone. And finally, after about a half an hour of this, I finally punch down on the lines and I go up and down the line. They're all dead. Every line on the board, the whole phone was dead. And of course, that's the QAMF and way because naturally that's uh, the Beasley way. We can't be bothered. I mean, we have some stuff that looks fairly impressive, some that looks like crap, and it all works pretty much the same, like crap. Most charted singles, Elvis Presley, 114. Guess who's number two? I'll give you a hint. We just heard him. Elton John? Very good guess. Well, who else did we just hear? Well, certainly no, it isn't was... Craig Sheffer. I don't think he's singing these days. The Beatles, 52. I'll tell you, Emilio Estevez, was, uh, he was a good-looking kid, but, boy, he was strange, you know? In fact, there was something about the role he played in that movie, you know, that kind of dark, brooding, you know what I mean? Yeah, dark and brooding. You had the feeling that that was him. He was also in a movie. What the was the name of that movie? The Something Club. The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club, you know the movie I'm talking about? Sure, it was one of those teen angst movies in Chicago. Yeah, where he also played a dark, brooding kind of he like... He was a jock, uh, you know, but they were all in trouble. They were all disturbed. But he all was the kids. dark and brooding, Emilio Estervez. You know, he went on to direct several movies. Did he read it? Kind of like John Stockwell. By the way, did I ever correct myself about that? Because I don't like giving any more inf misinformation than I need to on here. John Stockwell was not related to Dean Stockwell. He wasn't his son. I, I, you know, I just assumed that. Just because you have the same name. That's not like a real common movie name, right? Not at all. No relation. Let's see. Deal, uh, dear Neil George and Company, you guys are missing a boat on a whole class of people who should get fried. Uh, oh, I, I, look at this. Arthur, you're a wonderful American. I agree with you on every one of these, but this is not uh, what we're talking about, okay? This is a different class of people. He's got Yasser Amafart, Mullah Omar, Mullah Bullah Omar, Osama Yamama bin Laden, Saddam Hussein, AMF, Crown Prince Abdullah, and whoever the hell's in charge of Iran, which is the new um, Ayatollah. Right. And he goes, Oh, I faxed you that because of the last paragraph was the one that I got a chuckle out of. He says, unfortunately, since I have to go to court this morning, I can't listen to the rest of the show, but I'll check in on the poll later. Great show, uh, show George and Neil. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, did you read this? Of course I did. I got a Great kick out of it. Great show, Neil and, and George. And after George, says, you raghead-loving SOB. I just listen every day. The show is better without phone calls. Thank you. This is from a lawyer, no less, okay, an attorney in Miami. Thank you, Arthur. Keep reading. He says, Neil, I know it's stick, but I'd prefer if you didn't bash Jesus at every opportunity. After all, he can't call and defend himself. He was a good Jew who did a lot of great work on the earth. It's unfortunate that millions of morons have distorted him for their own benefit over the last 2,000 years. A Jewish attorney, no less. I can tell a by Jew the name. For, a Jew for Jesus. No, he's not a Jew for Jesus. He said he was a good Jew who did a lot of great work, but it's unfortunate. You know, what he's saying is that uh, they made him into something that he wasn't. See what he's saying? I think he's a Jew for Jesus. Quite frankly, I don't think there was any Jesus. I hate to break the news to you. I don't think there was no Jesus. <gasps> Jesus Christ. Do you think there was a Moses? Well, there was somebody named Moses. Might not have been him. Yeah. We know Moses. We're not, we're, he hangs we're out not all the really, time. We're, we're not really all... Hey, how you doing, Moses? Boy, he sure looked good when I was there. I'll tell you that. Hey, Moses, come on back. I'll be back in June.
But, uh, you know, we can't, we're not too good on figuring out about Shakespeare. There's all kinds of questions about Homer. Homo. Remember Homer? Yeah, good friend of mine. Yeah. Wrote those stories. So we're not really too good about defining, uh, the, uh, about people lived 2,000 years ago. We can't even tell you. I still say, when you can tell me who shot Cock Robin, then I'll tell you if there was a Jesus, okay? In the meantime, mind your own business and stop preaching to us. We're tired of hearing the crap. Who was Just go Cock to the ballgame with Pat tonight. Just go to the ballgame and have a good time. Eat some penis and Cracker Jacks. Do it. Now, can I get, can I get back? Look at that. 333. We're halfway there. Ground rule double. Robert Blake and Pam Smart are tied still for last place with two apiece. The person you'd most like to pull the swish on. Luke Helder, the mailbox bomber, 14. Father Gagan, 25. John Walker Lynn, 25. Father Shanley, 28. Andrea Yates, 55. Susan Smith, 56. Boy, that's a uh, nip and tuck race there for second place. And OJ, of course, in a league of his own, 126. Most charted singles, Elvis, 114. Elton John, 59. Beatles, 52. Or as Ed Sullivan used to say, the Beatles. Boy, Ed Sullivan. Was there, did that guy have talent? No. Or what? I mean, talk about being in the right place at the right time. Did you ever see any clips from the old Ed Sullivan show? Many, many, and I never understood that. Now, Book O'Brien tried he, to explain it was, to me one day. He was as wooden as a cigar store Indian. Well, the whole purpose of the Ed Sullivan show, the Toast of the Town or whatever they called it, was that he would, you know, he was the MC and, and he was like a parody of himself. It became a joke how wooden he was and lacking in personality. He was a, he was a columnist in New York. And it was a talent show, and they would bring on these different acts. Senior Wences was on there, and Topo Gijo, the guy with his uh, talking, singing mouse or whatever. Was. Right. And, uh, and then every now and then he would get a big exclusive, like the Beatles or Elvis or whatever. Of course, when he had Elvis on, they would only let them photograph him from the waist up. Right, I remember that. The first time he was on national TV. To show you what a goddamn puritanical country this is, or you're in, you're only in. photographing Elvis from the... I'm not in it. I'm near it. Let's see, uh, did I say the Beatles 52, Stevie Wonder 46, Urethra 45, James Brown 44, most charted singles. Did that surprise you? No, not really. Rolling Stone 41, Madonna 40, Marvin Gaye 40. Marvin Gaye 40, the Beach Boys 36. I just mentioned those since you're always telling me that the Beach Boys are so much better than Marvin Gaye, which you're wrong. Hey, that's my opinion. And I love the Beach Boys. Well, your opinion's wrong. I just, you know, that's just it. Pat Boone 38, also 38 for the Temptations, and Neil Diamond. Oh, my God. That's very disheartening. Paul McCartney, 37. Fats Domino, 37. Oh! Love the fat man, baby. I might just have to play some Fats Domino here if I had any, which I'm sure I don't. You got some there. Yes, we do. Michael Jackson, the Beach Boys. Ricky Nelson had 36. Chicago, 35. And down from there. Most number one singles, the Beatles had 20 number one singles. Elvis with 18. Oh, this this is scary. In fact, it rhymes with scary. Number three. Mariah Carey. Oh, oh my God. It's a good thing I don't eat lunch during the show. See what that chart means? Nothing. Well, well, what do you mean by that? You can't. Are you disputing? This is this is just a statistical no, just, chart. This isn't right. like a subjective. We're just saying, oh, these are the best people who ever did this or that. It's just a no, statistical thing. I'm saying the masses are asses and have crappy taste, generally speaking. Well, I guarantee you, there's a hell of a lot more people eating at McDonald's every day than Ruth Chris Steakhouse. I think that's an economic decision. I see. Let me say it again. There's a lot more people eating at McDonald's than at Wendy's. Likewise. Right. Wendy's is more expensive. There's a lot more people eating at Pizza Hut every day than Pizza Loft. Good See point. what I'm saying? There's a lot more people eating every day at Olive Garden than at um, uh, somewhere. Give me a place. The Shell Station. Sweet tomatoes. Uh, the, right. There, or how about our friends over there at uh, Macaroni's, Macaroni Grill? Macaroni Grill. Why is it that we have people that don't like that place? What I mean, the pasta is you know, the pasta's not the greatest. It's okay. But the other dishes there are phenomenal. Didn't you love that place except for that Schwarzer that was singing Old Man River? Never had a bad meal there. Oh, I love the Macaroni Grill. Maybe we'll get you some free meals there. Maybe Psychopath can go there one night instead of going to some stupid ball game. Double the left. Four, 
Four minutes till noon. Yeah, you're going to be left. You're going to be left sitting out on a goddamn in the bleachers all by yourself. In I'm fact, sitting in the dugout tonight. Anyway, tonight. Oh, are you really? Which one? The uh, hey, Padres. You shop for quality footwear. Shut up, Pat. I'm doing a spot. Okay, don't be stepping on the spots. Very important. And you'll get you'll get uh, what's his name all bent out of shape. Troy. And if you get Troy bent out of shape, he'll come in here and kick your ass. When you shop for quality footwear, selection and professional service are mighty important. But the bottom line is price, dollars and cents. Which somebody just said moments ago. Didn't George just say that price? That's what I said. At Brandy Shoes, you'll find the largest selection of men's and women's shoes, the best service in town, and the best prices in town, period. It's as simple as that. Top quality names like Rockports, SAS, Berries, Timberland, Naturalizer, and lots more. And with their humongous selection, you're probably never going to hear anybody say, sorry, we don't have that style in your size. Sorry. Why do they say that here? Sorry, mister. I hate when they say it. And I have no complaints, though, even with the crappy weather day. I have no complaints. Hey. Brandy's is open daily, 9 to 9, every Sunday, 10 to 5. And you'll find Brandy's shoes at 1290 North Federal Highway in Pompano Beach. You can't beat them when it comes to price selection and service. And, of course, be sure and tell them that old Neil sent you in there. Don't forget, all this week at Brandy's, it's the Red Label Clearance Sale. Label spelled L-A-B-L-E. You know it's Troy's account when he spells label like that. The Red Label Clearance Sale at Brandy's, 30 to 60% off on Select Group of all your favorite brands. Whenever I'm in town, I listen to... Wait a minute, I am in town. It's the 12 to 1 hour. That... Here's the facts that says Neil is talking about Craig Schaefer, it says. No, it's Schaefer, so you made one little mistake. And, of course, I made a big mistake. He was not in The Outsiders. Didn't I say that? No. No. He did a movie with Emilio Estevez called That Was Then, This Is Now. Which I never saw. Different movie. You see that? No. No, you wouldn't want to see it. Believe me, you wouldn't want to see it. It was a pretty good movie. It was all right. Depressing, though. Morbid and dark. Just like those uh, circles around Craig's eyes. Anyway... Reversing decades of justice department policy, the Bush administration has told the Supreme Court it believes the Constitution protects an individual's right to possess firearms. At the same time, the administration's top Supreme Court lawyer said the high court need not test that principle now. The administration's view represents a reversal of government interpretations of the Second Amendment going back some 40 years through four Democratic and five Republican administrations. The coalition is very disappointed that Attorney General John Ashcroft's personal politics and debt to the NRA have climbed into the official position of the Justice Department. Josh Horowitz, executive director of the Coalition to Stop Gun Violence, told CBS Radio News. Laws like the Brady Bill, like the assault weapons ban, have met constitutional muster. 
New York Senator Charles Schumer, Democrat, said that during his confirmation hearing, Ashcroft promised to uphold the laws as they exist and not to promote his own agenda. What happened to that pledge, he asked reporters. It's hard to look at his actions and not question whether he's going back on his word. Somehow the gun movement in this country has been captured by people who are extreme and believe in no restrictions at all. That seems to be the direction Attorney General Ashcroft is moving in, he added. Absolutely correct, sir. The action is proof positive that the worst fears about Attorney General Ashcroft have come true. His extreme ideology on guns has now become government policy, said Michael Barnes, president of the Brady Center to Prevent Gun Violence, which promotes gun control. Barnes noted that other federal appeals courts and the Supreme Court have not found the same protection for individual gun ownership that the Fifth Circuit asserted in the Emerson case. In that case, the Fifth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals rejected arguments from Texas physician Timothy Emerson that a 1994 federal gun law was unconstitutional. The law was intended to deny guns to people under judicial restraining orders. The current position of the United States is that the Second Amendment more broadly protects the rights of individuals, including persons who are not members of any militia or engaged in active military service or training, to possess and bear their own firearms, Solicitor General Ted Olson wrote in two court filings this week. And, of course, remember Ted Olson because of the penis gate hearings and because his wife died in that plane crash. Yes. And because Larry King was cut, uh, sucking his ass for a night after night. That right, however, is subject to reasonable restrictions designed to prevent possession by unfit persons or to restrict the possession of types of firearms that are particularly suited to criminal misuse. I think everybody should have at least one Uzi, don't you? At Olson, least. the administration's top Supreme Court lawyer and plenty of ammo, was reflecting the view of Ashcroft that the Second Amendment confers the right to keep and bear arms to private citizens and not merely to the well-regulated militia mentioned in the amendment's text. Ashcroft caused a stir when he expressed a similar sentiment a year ago in a letter to the, the unctuous National Rifle Association. Oh, Glenn and Miramar are squeezing himself right now. He's rubbing it and his peace, too. While some have argued that the Second Amendment guarantees only a collective right of states to maintain militias, I believe the amendment's plain meaning and original intent prove otherwise, Ashcroft wrote. At the time Ashcroft wrote the letter, it was unclear whether he was expressing his personal view or stating a new policy position for the government. That question was mostly answered last November when he sent a letter to federal prosecutors praising an appeals court decision that found the Second Amendment does protect individual rights, but noting that those rights could be subject to limited, narrowly tailored specific exemptions. In other words, maybe like crazy people shouldn't be running around with guns, John. Is that what you're talking about? Crazy people would seem to have the most guns, just like Luke. In my view, the Emerson opinion and the balance it strikes generally reflect the correct understanding of the Second Amendment, Ashcroft told prosecutors. Emerson appealed to the Supreme Court, putting the Justice Department in an awkward position. Although the government won its case in the lower court using the old interpretation of the Second Amendment, Ashcroft had switched gears by the time the case reached the higher court. Olson's court filing Monday urged the high court not to get involved and acknowledged the policy change in a lengthy footnote. Olson also attached Ashcroft's letter to prosecutors. Olson made the same notation in a separate case involving a man convicted of owning two machine guns in violation of federal law. In that case, the government also won a lower court decision endorsing a federal gun control law. The Justice Department issued a statement Tuesday night saying its latest comments reflect the Attorney General's position in the November letter to prosecutors. The Supreme Court last ruled on the scope of the Second Amendment in 1939. The amendment protects only those rights that have some reasonable relationship to the preservation of the efficiency of a well-regulated militia, the High Court said in 1939. And you know what? They were absolutely on target then and now. See, that was then and this is now. Remember that movie? No. Damn it. How do you like that? Oh, there's uh, uh, Lucky Luke. Cobain committed suicide, and recent communications attributed to Helder were peppered with references to death, including his own. Fascinations with death and even anti-government viewpoints are not unusual in teenagers, according to former FBI profiler Clint Van Zant. He still was experiencing basically what you and I and everybody else experience, and all of our kids experience in college. What makes this guy... 
build bombs and go across America. What changed that? A university classmate yeah. says he did see changes in Helder in recent weeks. He sort of uh, had a real direct um, approach, talked all over the professor. Um, they get into arguments, disrupt class. But at the Service Master franchise where Helder had a part-time job, Co-workers say they had seen no change in the young man they describe as nice, cheerful, even sweet. Gene Meserve, CNN, Menominee, Wisconsin. Thank you, Jeannie. Now, don't you feel bad after hearing that? Don't you feel uh, sorry? Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's just confused. Probably smoked a little bit too much bad weed, and he just uh, went off the deep end a little bit. Let's just give him like a little probation, say don't ever do it again, a slap on the wrist, and let him go on with his life. Maybe give him a scholarship to, like, University of Michigan. Well, he'll probably much much higher grade weed. Or maybe the University of Miami would be good. He sure won't get in any trouble there. Here's some good news. All the while, it's kind of like a mixed bag, this story, from the St. Pete Times. By the way, I heard Hank mention that the other day. St. Pete Times is a damn good paper, at least certainly as compared to the two rags we got in South Florida. Lutz. Oh, my God. A popular <laughs> Catholic priest returned to work Wednesday, cleared by the Diocese of St. Petersburg, after a 10-day suspension over allegations of sexual improprieties in the late 1980s. We got more damn Catholic priests uh, accused and uh, this and that and molested than you can shake your uh, thing at. You can shake your mitre at. Parishioners at St. Mary Catholic Church in Lutz were delighted, calling each other with the news that Reverend Bob Morris had been reinstated. Let's hear it for Reverend Bob. Oh! We always expected the truth to come out, and I think we got it, said Maribel Raudel, as a member of the St. Mary Parish Council. Morris, 45, said he was relieved and thankful. I've been basically on hold for the last 10 days, he said. George can relate to that. The reinstatement surprised his chief accuser, Bridget Watkins Kolodzes, 27 of Largo. You've got to be kidding, she said when told by a reporter. Then she called her attorney, John Trevino of Clearwater. She was literally sobbing, he said later. My reaction was, I told you they were going to do this. Trevino called the diocese investigation a sham. Remember Sam the Sham? And the Pharaohs. Let's look him up, see if he's on the list. As a Catholic myself, the lawyer said, I'm embarrassed by the way the diocese has behaved. Morris' reinstatement was ordered Wednesday morning by Bishop Robert Lynch. The ICC said its 10-member response team had found absolutely no credible evidence to substantiate any of the allegations. Colleges accused Morris of fondling her 14 years ago when she was a when he was a 31-year-old seminary student working in St. Catherine of Siena Catholic Church in Clearwater, and she was a 13-year-old member of the church youth. How do you like that? In addition, a California college instructor was a part-time secretary at St. Catherine in 1989, accused Morris of making a lengthy, obscene telephone call to her that year. The complaint was reported to the diocese at the time. This week, the response team concluded the incident was properly investigated and Morris properly cleared. Oh, my God. The diocese said more than 25 people were interviewed in its latest investigation, including church members and employees at St. Catherine's in the 1980s. And on and on it goes. Crap. Another, another whitewash. You see, the problem with all these stale stories is, first of all, that people are intimidated. And this business is about, well, if you tell anybody, nobody will believe you. There's another area. Not only are our parents not doing a good enough job of teaching their kids right from wrong, like you don't kill people or put uh, pipe bombs in their mailbox, but also they don't tell them. I mean, I know we keep hearing that they tell them these things, but I'm not so sure it's uh, getting across. That if somebody touches you in an inappropriate place, uh, immediately uh, tell us, call the police, run for help, scream bloody murder, something like that. I just don't think that's getting done enough. What's an inappropriate place? Like church? Like in the rectumery would be an inappropriate place. You know exactly what I'm talking about. In, in an inappropriate way, in an inappropriate place. Like between the navel and the knees would probably be a good definition. Or in the case of a female, between the uh, knees and the armpits. The whole thing is the pits, if you ask me. And it just, you know, and you can't get across to the public because so many of you are so brainwashed and so deeply ingrained in you since you were uh, not even old enough to really think for yourself. It's hopeless. It's just a hopeless case. They're the greatest propagandists in the world. Did I ever promote this thing again for Miguel? I don't think I, I don't did. Think you Sorry. Did. 
Look for the QAM van from Nettle 1230. you got almost another half hour at Verizon Wireless at 13256 Biscayne Boulevard. The lovely Miguel is there. He's probably not getting anybody coming by. Stop by to find out about the Verizon's great phone uh, plans and win some crappy uh, QAM prizes and see the lovely Miguel. You can touch him between the armpits and the knees once. That's from Nautil 1230 at Verizon Wireless, 13256 Biscayne Boulevard. I'm going to tell you once more today that Mother's Day is coming up this Sunday, and that's why you ought to give a really nifty gift this year from Vermont Teddy Bear. Your mom, wife, or grandma will get a beautiful little bear made in Vermont delivered with a free card and candy and a fun gift box. Just call a bear counselor at this toll-free number, 1-800-829-BEAR, and they'll help you tailor a bear just for mom so she'll know that you really put some thought into your gift this year, unlike in previous years when you just screwed off. Ask about the new Spa Ma beer or the Mama's Boy with a heart-shaped tattoo. And, Dad, don't forget, every year at Mother's Day, it's your job to get a gift from the kids for Mom. And the mother and cub set is a perfect idea. You can add as many cubs as needed with their names on the outfits. And like Harry says, the cubs suck. It's a lot more personal than flowers that'll last a lifetime. So call toll-free. It's the Marlins and Padres tonight at the Pro. It starts at 6.30 on Sports Radio 560 QAM. Gordon gives South Florida a major blowjob. That was a two-hour blowjob. Oh, there's a brand new network that's unlike the big three, because it's nothing but homosexuality. All right. If Will and Grace was once your favorite show. Well, Twelve eighteen at five sixty WQAM. So anyway, getting back to the important stuff. These lists in here. How did I get uh, off track on that? We got the Mariah Carey. I guess I purposely got off track. You know what? Oh yeah, that scared us. Because she makes she makes me gag. Most number one singles of any artist in the history of the U.S. in the last fifty years since they've been doing this stuff. The Beatles twenty, Elvis eighteen, Mariah Carey fourteen, and that is scary. She couldn't sing her way out of a paper sack. And by the way, Mariah Louise still says no way, Jose. Michael Jackson thirteen. Supremes 12, Madonna 11, Whitney Houston 11. Whitney Houston 11. Well, I'd like to see her elope with Mariah Carey. Stevie Wonder and George Michael 10. Then Stevie Wonder, by the way, says George looks really butch these days. Elton John and Paul McCartney and the Bee Gees each have nine. And then it goes downhill from there. Olivia Newton-John, five. Five number one singles. Were you, would you have ever guessed that? Yeah, she was big. Guess who else had five, by the way, speaking of our good South Florida boys. Oh! Speaking of that bit I just got through playing, Gacy and the Sunshine Band had five. Good for them. Five number one hits. Let's hear it for old Casey. I did see him in the airport. Let me drop a name or two. I'll say it again. I saw him at the Miami airport a few weeks ago. And? Didn't see me. Several weeks ago. Were you going to say something about Olivia Newton-John earlier? Oh, yeah. I'm so glad. See? 
These things just slip on by. Well, there was an important story about that gun stuff that goes to show that uh, Ashcroft and Bush and all these assholes controlled by the NRA, these right-wing fanatics. You're not fooling anybody. So let me, again, congratulate those of you morons that voted by accident for Pat Buchanan and those of you real idiots who voted intentionally for Ralph Nader and helped to put this president in there with all of his uh, fascist henchmen. Oh, before I talk about uh, Olivia Newton-John, you know, something I've noticed, and it could be just me or it could be the time of the year, but we were really uh, smoking along here on this show for quite a while. Then on Friday, I, and I don't know where we oh, it was that fax, and I thank the guy for faxing me. I should be cursing him now. I took calls on Friday. Right. For the first time in a coon's age. And since then, since then, I just I noticed that on the uh, website, it's like everything is down a little bit. And the faxes, you know, this last couple of days. Uh, I could be wrong about that. We just could be going through a lull phase. That yeah. could be it. But I don't think so. You're, huh? just, you're just paranoid. No, I'm, I'm not the least bit paranoid. I'm not worried about that. But the fact of the matter is that I think taking a call that day was a bad mistake. Instead of what Dave Hagan says there. Tom oh, Hagen. I heard that when, huh? Do you hear that when a man when Mandish came on that day and Mad Dog says, "Oh, did I hear right that Neil take calls?" And Dave says, "Oh yeah, it was great. It was great." Hey, you you guys stick with your calls, okay? You a butt out of this show, okay, Dave? You're a good guy, but uh, cut the crap. It was great. Was there anything great about those calls Friday? I'm thinking. I'll get back to you. Yeah, Diana. Now, what was I just going to do about Olivia Newton-John? I don't know. Oh, you this, mentioned it earlier. See, I'm, I'm, I'm too embarrassed to admit this. I can't, I can't say it. Say it. She was married at one time. Now, remember she came out of the closet on the uh, Tonight Show on Johnny Carson? No. And said that she was bisexual, which is, which in those days, that was about as close as, like Elton John said the same thing. I'm bisexual, like anybody would, uh, believe it. He, but he anyway. Had, he had a wife, you know. Yeah, I know. German. German acrobat. Ach. What was the name of that song? Which one? Ah, oh, forget about it. You're, 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 you're not on your, you're off your feet. It's all the stress of the last couple of weeks. But Tony anyway, Dancer? so she was, wait, can I say it? Just please, please stop mumbling or I'm going to agree with Greg. Greg H. The uh, name of the movie was uh, with Matt Latanzi. What the hell was the name of that movie? My Tutor. Okay. Remember that movie? Yes. I remember it very well. In fact, I saw it just a few weeks ago. It was on again. I always watch it when it's on because he's running around naked in there. And his uh, his tutor was pretty good. She was okay. Yeah. A little old for him, I thought, but nevertheless, why not? I think that was the idea. Yeah. Matt Latanzi. So anyway, Matt Latanzi, kind of, he kind of talked like this. Now, I don't want to say Matt Latanzi just because he had a very high squeaky voice and acted very fey. I don't want to say that he was like, you know, like that, like in the loafers. But wouldn't you see that it was a very, you know. Now, guess who else talks just like that? Who's a big strapping guy who looks like, you know, who's probably about the same age that Matt Latanzi was in here, like 25. Guess who else sounds just like that? Mike Tyson. No. I'm serious. So was I. what I care about. Tom Welling. Oh. No, I hadn't noticed that about Tom. Have you ever Wallace. noticed that? No. He, he talks. He talks in much too high of a register, and I find that very disturbing. He reminds me. I'm talking about vocally. He yeah. reminds me very much of Matt Latanzi. Rhymes with pansy. And see, there would be people out there saying, "Well, gee, you should hope that." No, I don't hope that. I want. I want Clark Kent to be virile and you know all all other things. You see what I'm saying? I want him to be a real man, not a man's man. I want him to be a real man, all man. But anyway. Let's see. Most weeks held number one position. See, I guarantee you one thing. Psychopath don't get to hear this kind of conversation on those sports shows. No, I do not. Good for you. Most weeks held number one position. Well, that's because they're all in denial anyway, you know? Just like Mad Dog. Never took a shower with a fag in the locker room. I could name you some names, by the way, but I won't. I'll write them down for you. Most weeks held number one position. In other words, in most weeks they had a number one song as number one. Are you following this? I'm following. Elvis had 80, but number two, it's scary. Mariah Carey? 60. Oh, beating God. out the Beatles. You know something? I'm going to start a guy. I'm going to have an investigation. Seriously. When Mariah Carey, I mean, what what the hell song did I, if, if you tried to force me to name you a song that she ever had, I couldn't do it. 
I'm going to have to look it up in here. Can you name me a big Mariah Carey hit? I can't name you any. <laughs> there you go. I, I think it's some kind of a spick plot, if you ask me. A spick plot? Right. What do they have to do with Mariah? Don't hang her on us. No. What is she? She's black. Mariah Carey's not black. She's light, but nevertheless. She is black. She, she's what? She's she is an African-American. No. Yes. Her mother's Patricia Carey, former singer with the New York City Opera. Mariah sang backup for Brenda K. Starr, yada, 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 and is white as the driven snow, it says here. So she's black? She's black. See, now I'm going to get accused of not liking her because she's black. I don't care if she's like as white as uh, your face. And believe me, I haven't seen too many people whiter than you are. Uh, I, I don't care what she is. She sucks. That Vision could. of love. Vision of love. Oh, look at this. This is, I'm just, I can't, I can't go on. Vision of love, number one for four weeks. Love takes time, number one for three weeks. And these are in 1990. In 91, someday, number one for two weeks. I don't want to cry, number, uh, one for two weeks. Emotions in 91, number one for three weeks. Those were all, and the dream lover, number one for eight weeks in 1993. All number one hits. Fantasy, number one for eight weeks in 1995. Um, one sweet day. Mariah Carey and Voice to Men, number one for 16 weeks. I do remember that. Remember that? No. Um, Always Be My Baby, number one for two weeks in 96. Honey, number one for three weeks in 97. My All, number one for a week in 98. Heartbreaker, Mariah Carey featuring Jay-Z, number one for two weeks in 99. Uh, it's just, I, you know, something other than the one with uh, Boys to Men, One Sweet Day. I never heard any of those songs. Did you? No, not a one. How about Psychopath? I heard all of them. Oh, uh, Everyone that you mentioned, be, I know. Here I thought he'd be sticking up for Andy Carey, not Mariah Carey. What about Jim Carey? Do you know who Andy Carey was? No, I do not. All right. Excellent. See, all these punks we got on this radio station who think they know something about sports. Talk what somebody knows about the great Yankees of the 50s, okay? He was the third baseman for the Yankees. In fact, he was the third baseman in the perfect game that Don Larson pitched against the Dodgers. How do you like that, on huh? 1956? That's Andy Carey. There were two great defensive plays in that game to preserve Larson's perfect game, one by Andy Carey at third base, the other one by Mickey Mantle in center field. How do you like that, huh? Yeah, the sports experts on QAM, huh? Yeah. Like I said, he wouldn't know Andy Carey from Mariah Carey. It's kind of scary, Pat. 20, but have a good time at the baseball game. 26 past noon. You can exchange old stories with Norma Kent there tonight. Sure, you'll have a, a wonderful time. Hey, Strike three on the outside corner. May not be all that wonderful because it's going to be hotter in hell down there. It's smoking. Speaking of Norm Kent, it's really smoking. Only Med's one product that will help you feel your best and keep you in great health and the peak of good health in spite of the heat, the humidity, and all the schwitzing you're going to be doing for the next several months in South Florida. Oleomed is a soft gel capsule that contains pharmaceutical-grade olive oil along with vitamins, minerals, and herbals while promoting health for your prostate, for your heart, for your blood pressure, your cholesterol. And I bet you that uh, Miguel didn't have anybody come out to his appearance today, either at Verizon. You think so? No. I think I, he didn't have anybody? I don't know. I'm sure somebody showed up. You are sour, man. You're really sour. I'm starting to think about this whole deal. Although I'm really still thinking about two two mornings ago, and you know something, it's still frost my ass. I'm having a difficult time keeping my lips sealed. The most grotesque moment in the history of radio. Oleomet also has supplements to promote health in your circulatory system, your digestive, your endocrine system, your skin, bones, even your mind, all using the benefits of the best olive oil on the face of the earth. And don't forget, Oleomet's got products for men and for ladies out there, too. Oleomed's available all over town. You can pick it up right now. Just hop in the car and go to Walgreens and get some, or Whole Food Markets, Navarro Pharmacy, or Sedano's. If you want to get more information about Oleomed, by now you should know the number by heart, because I sure do. It's 1-866-OLEOMED. They'll answer all your questions. 1-866-O-L-E-O-M-E-D. Order their products off their website on the Wicked World Wide Web at... 
Tom to keep you in on all the action. From your worldwide leader in sports, Sports Radio 560, QAM. I just can't stand that slow. Exhausted. At least it's what my people say. If you had to lug around these boobs all day, there's more to it. More than a nervous breakdown. Think there's something you should know. So here I go. Get so high, it's the coke and crack I buy. So when all my stash is gone, I repair it won't be long. Straight to my hospital room when my dealer comes along. I'll tell you one thing, psychopath. That Mariah Carey, she should be playing for the Hartford Whalers if they were still in business. You want to know why? Why is that? Because she's a whaler. That's all she does. She doesn't sing. She wails. She be wailing, man. She makes me sick. Anyway, speaking of making me sick, this thing you just faxed me. Well, first yeah. of all, before we get to that, Jeff Cohen called, and if I was him, I'd be pretty porked off about this because I'm sure he does a lot of business with delivery stuff by phone. Yes, they do. And takeout stuff and catering stuff. Anyway, Jeff Cohen called to say his local phone provider went out of business. Oi! So the pizza law phones may not work from tomorrow through Monday for a busy weekend. Oh, boy. Sorry, Jeff. Sorry, Ponytail. Jeff wants everybody to know the loft will still be open seven days as usual, even if you can't get to them by phone. So if you call her and it says, uh, goodbye, don't try us again someday, uh, just go over there and get your stuff, okay? Here is some of the worst news in the history. I, I'm looking at this. Is this for real or is this a joke? Hey, I'm, I'm sure it's me. for real. No. This is the worst facts in the history of the human race, bar none. This has got to be going to shoot. What does this show you? Huh? Yeah. Oh, here it says, uh, here's another fact from Steve who says, Hi, Neil, you old fag you. That's me. Another good Emilio Estevez movie was called Repo Man. Oh, you should know that. It was an excellent movie. Funny. Yes, uh, he made it when he was very young, just the way you like him. <laughs> uh, be careful now. We check ages on this show. Check ID. Also, since you're not taking calls anymore hardly ever, do you ever think about recording a couple of shows ahead that aren't time specific? That way you guys could take a long weekend. Nobody would know it was taped. Very good idea, Steve. That's an excellent idea. That's very, genius. very good. Wow. I like that a lot. We got these lines up. Right. Before and after the show. Keep them up. Right. Good idea. We'll work on that. But anyway, getting back to this facts, thank goodness I got a couple of good facts in there that kind of lighten me up a little bit because I'm looking at this. Broward County Chamber of Commerce. This is one of those notices like a, um invitation and also a solicitation because it's got a coupon at the bottom. Broward yeah. County Chamber of Commerce, please join us in welcoming the newest member to the Broward County Chamber of Commerce, this Saturday, May 11th, from noon to 2 p.m., you are going to upcheck when you hear who it is, Homeless Voice Helping People in America. This this is so disgusting. The and, Broward, and disturbing. County, Broward County Chamber of Commerce, you people must be off your rocker, man. You should hang your heads in shame. Now now they're Now they're endorsing cults. 
That's number one. They're also endorsing people who are all of a sudden coming up with these millions and millions of dollars, which we can't just can't figure out how or why, so that they can buy up all these old hotels and buildings and put their uh, homeless shelters, alleged homeless shelters, in places where nobody wants them in the first place and try to inflict themselves on everybody and threaten people that if we don't let them go out on the street corners on the main thoroughfares, that they're going to come into the residential neighborhoods and bug the crap out of everybody and put the muscle on you with their orange shirts. I'm not, I'm not going to promote this thing, and the only thing I'm going to do is tell you, you people at the Broward County Chamber of Commerce, you people suck Schmidt. That's my comment today. That's, that's my response, okay? You are a disgrace. I'm embarrassed at this moment to live in Broward County. Thank God I'm in Ontario, Canada, and not in Broward County. By the way. Even my little dog is embarrassed to live in Broward County. In fact, my little dog just uh, phoned in and said he's going to start crapping double outside from now on just to pollute the air in Broward. Is, is that incredible? I, I'm shocked and dismayed. Way too close to home, by the way, for some of us. And that's not a coupon oh, yeah, at the I'm, bottom there. That's a yeah, little I'm, thing to I'm send money in. But I'm not putting that on the I'm not repeating right. that, though. I mean, no. Hollywood, yeah. But I'm just, I'm not giving any promotion to that or any credibility to do it. But the fact that the Broward County Chamber of Commerce is endorsing and welcoming and also promoting them and raising their funds, which God only knows where those funds go, but it sure is very interesting that Sean Canoni's got that big expensive home and that they seem to keep coming up with these millions and millions and millions of dollars to keep buying up all of these uh, hotel properties. Well, see, this is what's wrong with South Florida. There's nobody with a conscience, man. You got crooked politicians. You got organizations like the Broward County Chamber of Commerce. I'm going to tell you, if the Broward Chamber of Commerce ever endorsed a business, I would, I would, I wouldn't give it two cents worth of credibility. I would say, gee, I wonder who's smearing somebody there now. An absolute disgrace, South Florida. All I can say is, hang your heads in shame. God, you know, I, I had to read that like two or three times. You faxed it during the break, and I looked at that, or during that bit I was playing, and I looked at that, and I kept looking over and over again, like, is this a joke? Is this some kind of a freaking joke? No, no, it's scary. How does this guy do it? How does he keep pulling the wool over people's eyes? Big cans of grease. That That's another great thing. First of all, I don't miss driving because I don't have any car up here, which I'm very delighted. And I certainly won't have one in Amsterdam because you don't need one here and you don't need one there. So I don't miss the driving and try not to get killed by assholes. But I also don't miss stopping at streetlights and being solicited by a bunch of jackasses running around the middle of the goddamn street like a bunch of little kids who don't know better than get out of street corners putting a muscle on me for cash. I mean, here you got the people sitting on the streets. Spare some change, mister, and you just, you know, keep walking. You don't even pay any attention. And don't anybody give me a song and a dance about my being insensitive to homeless people because we raised a crap load, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars for the Camillus House years ago on this show for homeless people. Although I'm sure glad that I stopped doing that, you know, because I, I wouldn't want to see that money going to, to bribe people to cover up for pedophiles. I don't think we want to see money that we raise being used for that purpose. But it's just the idea that this is so obvious, it's so transparent in what it's really all about. And the Broward County Chamber of Commerce obviously really checking into things very carefully before, uh, you know, endorsing somebody and raising money for them. Shame on you. Coxlehoist, that's my message for the Broward County Chamber of Commerce, okay? And, uh, and now where did that come from? The fax machine. They faxed that to us? No, somebody did. Somebody found this. In other words, they obviously stuck this on somebody's window or in a door. Oh. There's a little oh, note yeah, at the bottom. It's, George, it's, it's please like relay to Neil. Yeah. yeah, it's like a flyer. Please join us in welcoming. Does your company have a heart to help the homeless? Please come and show your support. <laughs> yeah, that's my support for you, okay? I'm all for the homeless, all right? Nobody should have to be homeless, but the idea that these cults that come along and these other uh, shady uh, shysters that come down the pike. Shady shysters. Shady shyster. In fact, let's open up a place called Shady Shysters. Sounds good to me. I guarantee you South Florida will be a big hit. Oh! Shady shysters, man. Make a fortune. Because that's what South Florida is all about. 
21 till 1 at 560 WQM. Hey, I'll tell you one thing that's not shady, and that's dial a mattress. These are great people I know because I do business with them. Every time the mattress wears out, which, of course, is not like every five minutes because a mattress is not something like, uh, you know, underwear that you change every few days. A mattress is something that hopefully lasts you for years when you get a really good one. But even the best of mattresses get lumpy and bumpy and worn out. You get a sore back. You feel like crap. If you want to get you a great new mattress so you start feeling better and getting a great night's sleep every night, call the good people at Dial a Mattress like I do. Call 1-800-MATTRESS. There's no way in the world to beat their deals. You don't have to leave the house. You don't have to run around wasting a lot of gas and certainly not money because they have everyday unbelievably low prices on the top manufacturers in the universe. they got Serta and Sealy, Simmons and King Coil, and a really deep selection so they won't have to give you an old bait and swish. And they also give you that 30-day in-home comfort trial so you can test it out by sleeping on it and do whatever you like doing on it. Give them a call right now and you pick the two-hour window when you want to deliver it any day, seven days a week, like between 10 and noon or 11 and 1 or 1 and 3, et cetera, and so on. 1-800-MATTRESS is the number to call. They'll be there in no time at all and you'll have a big smile on that puss and be sleeping in comfort night after night. 1-800-M-A-T-T-R-E-S. Please tell them that Neil told you to call or check them out. Nights on the richly appointed Corinthian leather upholstery of a 1973 Pontiac Granville. The Homeless Herald. News you can use for a blanket. Oompa Loompa Oompa-dee-doo. We want to sell a newspaper to you. Oompa Loompa Oompa is work. We're the homeless men in the orange shirts. My name is number 73. I use the side of your house to pee. I am number 72. My shiny pants smell like doo-doo. Please don't roll your window up. Oompa, oompa, oompa-dee-dar. We annoy drivers in their cars. When you're stuck at the traffic light, we will converge for your orders and dimes. Standing all day in the Berlin heat. In the middle of the busy street. When we tap on the window, they usually say, Get the hell away, you stay! Oi, hey! Try not to run over me. Oompa, loompa, oompa dee doo. We have much to offer you. Wash your windshield, work for food. How about a flower from some young moon? We're quite used to smelling this way. Only take a shower when it rains. When the hot pavement melts my shoes, I use my sock to brush my toes. I wipe on a corn cob. Oompa loompa oompa dee dee. Proceeds go to the company. In return for what we do, we get a bitter box and a bottle of booze. A cardboard box and a bottle of booze. <laughs> So the uh, judge is taking Father Shanley's request for a reduction of bail under advisement. In other words, don't hold your breath. He's thinking about it. And how many businesses, by the way, in Dade and Broward have been, uh, had, I mean, not businesses, but how many uh, communities, municipalities, have rejected soundly uh, the attempts by these people to intrude and, like, buy up properties and to change the zoning, et cetera, and so on, and have basically and tried to ban them from their streets? Yeah. About 100? About 5,000? All of them. And yet, in spite of the fact that the municipalities, the communities, the common sense people in Broward County have said, we don't want these shysters running around on street corners and interfering with traffic and, like, uh, strong-arming the public and get the hell out of there. You're like a public nuisance. The Broward County Chamber of Commerce says, hey, come on down. We'll even do a fundraiser for you. I don't want to say there's anything that smells bad there, but all I can say is, yeah, yeah, you can smell it. Make no mistake about it. So here's uh, some information from one of our uh, faxers. 
Ralph Macchio, I find this hard to believe, though, born November 4th, 19, uh, November 61, he's 41 years old now. It says married in 1987, he was 26. You better double-check that, my friend, because I think he was married earlier than that. I could be wrong. Maybe he was 26, but, of course, at 26, he looked about 10. You know, Ralph right. Macchio, with that bad complexion. And what was the guy's name in all those uh, kung fu movies? Pat Morita. Pat Morita, very good, excellent. Did I say kung fu movies? Karate movies, sorry. Whatever. No, it's not the same. Last movie, 2002, A Cold Day in August, for Ralph Macchio. Eh, go away, Ralph. You bug me. Little punk. Here's a great story. Two Wyoming coaches face dismissal. Casper, Wyoming. Two volleyball coaches at Centennial Junior High face dismissal for allegedly taking part in draping another coach's home with toilet paper. Oh! The students who took part in the prank April 6th were supposed to be at a high school-sponsored sleepover, according to Natrona County School District officials. Muffy Mahoney. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, yes. Muffy. Well, our program director is named Muff, so why not? Why not a Muffy? Muffy Mahoney and Cheryl Schrofel have been placed on administrative leave with pay. Superintendent Stan Olson said Tuesday he'll recommend the school board dismiss the coaches. We characterize the incident as something more serious than it's a toilet paper incident, School District Attorney Stuart Day said. I thought it was a toilet paper incident. Shorefell said in an interview last week that the parents of the students had signed permission slips for the party. They said were not to leave uh, school district. What is it? That said they were not to leave school district uh, property, I think is what it meant. It says party. Well, I tell you, this is from the Associated Press. I think they're hanging out too much. Too much comedy with the Broward uh, School with the uh, Chamber of Commerce. Several students' parents have voiced support for the coaches. Under state law in Wyoming, Shrofell is entitled to a hearing before the school board. Olson said he assumed such a request will be made. Mahoney, however, is not a full-time teacher, and they said she'll probably get a hearing in front of only Olson. Shrofell received a letter April 30th that said her coaching assignment at the school will not be renewed for next school year, said the actions were not commensurate with her punishment. Two, these are two female. See, that's why when I said Muffy, you got all bent out of shape. Two female volleyball coaches. Well, I mean, guys don't have volleyball teams, do they? Sure they do. They do? I mean, I know we played volleyball in gym. Also, we swam naked. But we had they have guys volleyball teams in high school? Uh, not where I went to high school. They didn't have a lot of uh, those kinds of things. But, yeah, they have them about. No. Don't they, Pat? Uh, the last time when I was in high school, they only had girls, not boys. Yeah, ne next next thing you know, we're going to be hearing that they got, like, badminton classes, too, in high school for the guys. They don't? There's, sure. men's, vo there's men's volleyball in college. Well, that's it. Yeah, there's a lot of swimming in college, too, you know? Don't want to get too close to that, Pat. A lot of swimming and diving. Kind of like in some of those hockey games, a lot of diving going on. And don't be picking on Darcy Tucker, by the way, okay? Hey, nice going, Leaf. Oh! Let's hear it. As a matter of fact, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to, like, replay the whole damn hockey game from yesterday to kill the last minutes we got here. How would you explain the lack of offense? Well, I think we're both teams are a little, uh, you know, patient, trying to uh, create a hole somewhere. And... Yeah, we got a hole somewhere, all right, and we don't want to hear about it, okay? What he's trying to say is it was terminal. Yeah, that first ten minutes of that first period last night, oh, brother, wow, you could go into a coma. From that, but nevertheless, we'll take the win. Thank you. And like I told Pat, the team that won that game last night in Ottawa, they're going to win the series. So go Leafs, go injured and all battered and bruised. The Maple Leaf Warriors just continue. It goes on forever. Twelve. I'm getting a little burned out. Twelve fifty-two at five sixty. WQM. I'll tell you guys not getting burned out on the balance for life, and that's our friend the Beast. He was gone from two eighty-four. What is it? About seven weeks ago now. I have the exact date right here. What is the date? It flew away. Oh. No. Gone from two eighty-four on three fifteen. The fifteenth. Of March, so April. Yes. Yeah, less than less than two months, about seven weeks. To 256, 28 pounds. That's here for the beast on Balance for Life, and you can do the same thing. If you've tried all the other diets, and believe me, oh, do I know, it's frustrating as hell, and most of those diets are quack stuff anyway, and there's certainly not a way to eat for a very long time. Balance for Life, though, the gourmet meal delivery service, you can continue with it as long as you need to because they deliver all the food right to your door in that little black sack by 6 in the morning every day. 
right to your home, your orifice, wherever you're going to be hanging out, the strip club, doesn't make any difference. And in that little black sack is our three hormonally balanced gourmet meals, delicious meals, two delicious snacks, even a 16-ounce bottled water. And don't forget, they let you choose.